welcome back to another episode of Porn Star Confessions. Today, I'm beyond excited because start, I would not be where I am today without this lovely woman. So without further ado, the one, the only, the legendary, legendary Jesse Dubai. For a second, you for a second, you didn't believe it right there because you bite your tongue. It's these damn new teeth I got. Let me see. Oh my god, they look amazing. What do you think of mine? You got oh wow. Yeah, look. You got wow, they look amazing. I got the whole mouth. Yeah, me too. I got everything yanked. How much did it cost at you if I can if I can know? Uh nineteen thousand five hundred. For all of them? Yeah, that was in Mexico. Oh, though. that's why. Ask me how much I spent for mine here in the United States. I'm guessing 60. 49. Jeez. Why didn't you go to Mexico? Because if I could, I would. Oh, yeah, I can go sure. to Mexico. It's just really hard for me to come back and lose my uh, work permit. Oh, that's right. Shit. Yes. Okay. That. When do you get them done? I got them done. I want to say like about five, four months ago, maybe three months ago. I got them done. Oh, we got them done like the same time. I think we Your did. Speech? My speech is like still fucked up from it. Maybe it's because your teeth are a little bit bigger than what your mouth is used to. Because when I had mine done, you know, they give you the temporary ones. The top ones were longer, and I kept like bumping into them and every time like i will yeah. chew i notice that i'm like i used to like have to close my mouth this much in order to like chew something and i was just like just a little in there already clicking so i went the next day and they filed them and then it became my smile again so when i had them done the permanent ones i got to experience um the first because i got them done this four first and this six first and once I got like I like my smile and they like you know file them to like the right size then I wanted to change like one tooth in the back that it was like a baby tooth I think and the doctor said he's like you know we're not just gonna put like those mouth guards you know to like what is it uh Invisalign to kind of like strain it because yeah. because my teeth were like getting tightened this tooth was kind of like being pushed inwards so now that there's a space it's like let me go back to my space like where it belongs and it was hurting me so the doctor just suggested to get a veneer so once i got the veneer i was like well how about if we put one here and then here i was like you know what doc might as well just do the rest of the mouth he did and i was able to like tell him on the moment like it's happening again the teeth in the back are bigger than you know my teeth so they filed them and like my teeth are like amazing. Yeah. It's like every time I smile and I was like, you want a picture? You want a picture? Okay. And everybody's like, what are you laughing about? Just smile, just smile. So oh my, my whole God. smile is just like open mouth the whole time. Yeah, no, I used to never smile in pictures ever. Now I smile like all the time. Yeah. It's insane. I do too. I, I do too. It's like when I got my tits done, I wanted to show them to the world. Now it's like I got my teeth done. I was like, I want, like Cardi B says, teeth were expensive. Oh yeah. It makes your boobs look cheap in comparison. What? 
I'm guessing your boobs were cheap in comparison to the teeth. Oh, fuck yeah. My boobs were like only 6000 Well, more like $10,000 because I had them done twice. But um, yeah, the compared to, I said, out of everything that I've done in my body, in my life, the teeth has been the most expensive thing I have spent my money on. But they're worth it. They were fucking worth it. Because... I also spend like a lot of money because like I have friends that they're going to Puerto Rico, they're going to, you know, other countries to have them done. And I'm not anything against it, but sometimes they go for like the very cheap, very cheap, very cheap. And it's like, I'll be talking with them and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm on my way to Puerto Rico to fix my teeth. I'm like, what happened now? Oh, one of my veneers broke and fell off. And I'm like, how? Eating a tostada. I'm like, how is it that... Something like that breaks off with biting a tostada. How cheap did you go? Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. It's like, if you, I, I told myself, I'm only going to spend this money once because my teeth actually have insurance. If any of the teeth fall, I will just go to the doctor, they take a mold, and then they repair it within a month, free of charge. Wow. Cause that's, okay. that's why I spent so much money on it. And they're porcelain too. They're like they were made in Beverly Hills. That's why they were done so well. I'm glad you got them done. It's it's crazy how much it changes your life. It changes your smile, your confidence, completely. Because another reason why I like using this microphone a lot is because I was ashamed of my my teeth and you know I didn't have bad teeth. It was just the top front and the top bottom that they were kind of like getting inwards and one was getting on top of the other that I was like, let's change them. And the doctor told me, he's like, if you just change those four teeth, um, you're going to have what it's called rainbow smile. And we don't want that. So we might as well do what, you know, people can see when you smile. That's why he chose like eighth year and sixth year. And then later I got crazy and I was like, fuck it. Let's just do this right now. Cause I don't want to deal with it in 20 years, in 25 years, my teeth are going to be like top notch. Yeah, no, for me, I've just, I was dealing with constant tooth infections my entire life. Like they kept getting infected. Mm. I had tons of root canals, crowns, like tons pulled and fine. I was just like, fuck this, like yank them all, replace them. You but, had them yanked? Yeah, I have no natural teeth left. Oh, in that they case, all of them. and in that case, it's different than me. I still have all my teeth. They just filed yeah. mine. It's like they put like acrylic nails. They just file my teeth so the fake ones can like ad- adhere, adhere to them. Yeah. Yeah. So for the people watching who don't know the backstory, Jessie is my porn mom. Literally, I would not be here without her. Like, Jessie taught me every single thing that I know, literally. Yeah. So where does your story begin? Like, how did you get started? Well, I told you my story. Um, My story started with, like, since I was very little, well, very young. Um, You know, I, I didn't run away from my house, but I got out of my house at a very young age and me being, you know, different, it was really hard for me to find a job at McDonald's, find a job at, you know, even at a 7-Eleven, you know, not, not, not that that is something to be embarrassed or 
disgraceful or anything, but not even there. I will find, you know, uh, a job. They wouldn't give me a job. So um, I ended up working at a bar. Yes. With a fake ID and starting started waitressing. And after waitressing, that gave me like the security of um, kind of like being more out there, you know, mingling with with people. Because when I would dress up at first, like as a girl, I was very like shy and stuff. Being at the bar and everybody was nice to me. And most of the people knew that I was, you know, transsexual in the process because I didn't have tits or anything. I just like dressed up as a girl and, you know, lived my life as a girl. They were very nice. And that gave me, once again, we go to, it gave me confidence to start living my whole life as a girl, not just at nights and weekends when I had to work. That opened the door for me to be like, well, how about if, and as you know, I was doing escorting back then. Yes, this is something that people might not know. I started escorting since I was 15 years old. So I escorted. So some of you bitches didn't have to. <laughs> like Elena says. Um, anyway, uh, so I started working there. Um, and I decided to, you know, start it doing webcaming because a lot of the girls that they were advertising on, you know, Backpage, Craigslist, you know, all those places back then um they were using like beyonce's pictures uh jennifer lopez pictures without the head you know pretending to be them and i was like i'm the only like actual passable pretty one and all these bitches are like you know scamming people and taking advantage and stealing my money <laughs> so um i decided to open a face a myspace back then myspace and have pictures of me there and one of the fans or clients back then told me why don't you open a porn site i didn't want it to because i felt that if i did that and obviously i was still a minor i couldn't tell him well i'm actually 17 i cannot quite you know do porn yet but that got in my head for a few years years of you know for a few months of why not doing it so then i decided to start doing webcaming but not show my face just show my body and you know i started getting like once again security self-love when i will go out into the real life people like even my friends or like frenemies you're ugly you have an ugly nose you're never gonna be pretty you're never gonna be this you know and it made me feel really bad and i will come home I will jump online, not because I wanted to webcam, but I just wanted to distract myself from like the painful reality that I was living. So I jumped online and then having all these random people from all over the world, you know, sending me money and giving me confidence by their words. And, you know, the fact that they're willing to pay for watching me, that made me once again, gave me the confidence of being like, well, people in the real world pretend to be my friends but they're really my enemies and people that don't even know me lust and jerk off and think about me you know so that's when I decided to actually do um webcaming full and I started working towards having my breast I said once I have my breast then I'll start you know doing porn I got fat but like super 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 fat because I wanted to like yes like 200 pounds fat like super fat what? yes I, I'll actually like I'll when we finish this episode I'll see if I can find some pictures on Facebook and I'll show them to you so your editor can like play them <laughs> that's how I looked um 
So, but I got fat on purpose because I wanted to use my own fat to transfer it into like my hips, you know, my butt. So I didn't have to use silicone, which, you know, later down in life I did. Um, once I actually got that confidence of like, okay, now I'm going to have surgery. I'm going to have a liposuction. And I started working, like working out and stuff. That's when I decided to go to different companies online, King, Groovy, Devils, Evil Angel, all of them, and apply for their, you know, to work with them. The company that first called me was King, the biggest one of them all. Um, when I got the call from them, I was about to be engaged. Well, I was engaged, about to be married, and I decided to leave my rich fiance back then just to go and do porn. <laughs> It was a life-changing moment for me. So did he say, like, no, you can't do that? Um, he said I could. First, he said, you know, I'm okay that you're doing porn. I have no, uh, that you do porn. As long as you keep doing it by yourself with toys, nobody else touches you. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, that is just gonna make me not go anywhere. And then one night, Two nights, two days after I got the email from kink.com, I had a car accident. I told you about this where I literally, I should have died. Like till this moment, I say I should have died. And the car was shredded to pieces. I'm still surprised how I survived. And for three days in a row, I kept having the same dream of me driving the car, getting into the accident. But this time, like... I don't open the car and run away from the car. I just simply hit myself in the front of the car and everything goes black. And then I'm like, so is this eternity? Is this where I'm supposed to be until I'm reincarnated? <gasps> Wait, that means that I died. I need to go home. Like first it was like all peaceful, just kind of like maybe I'm dreaming. And then it was like, whoa. Okay, I need to go back. Like, even just telling you the story gives me, like, goosebumps, you know. Um, I felt like I was, like, you know, in, 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 like, purgatory or a place. And then I see, like, you know, that light that everyone says. And I was, like, I'm scared. I'm sad. But the light was just giving me this feeling of everything is going to be okay. And as the light got closer, it was, like, knowledge was being injected in my head, you know, kind of like messages. And one of those big messages that till this day, I remember it was live your life for you. Don't leave it for no one else. You need to do what you're meant to do and meet the people that you're meant to meet and help the people that you're meant to help. If you stop your growth, if you stop what life puts in front of you to cater for others, you're not going to die. Uh, you're not going to live a happy life and you're going to have a very sad death because you're going to be regretting of all the things that you could have done. And that's when I remember I woke up. The first thing I did is I went, I took my ring off and when we were having breakfast, I just gave it to him. And I told him, I'm sorry, I cannot marry you. Give me one second. And then he said, what happened? I told him that I discovered that, you know, he was cheating on me with girls on Craigslist. Not even like a full, you know, reliable escorting website. It was like Craigslist. Men for, for trans, trans for men. 
And I kept it to myself. But after that dream, I was like, no, you know what? Because if I stay with you, that's going to make me your wife, your partner. And how do I know that in a month, in two months, in a year, in two years, maybe 10, you find someone else and you dump me and I give you my youth, my beauty, and the rest of my life, I'm just going to be like his wife or later I'm going to be his ex. I want to be my own. I want to do my own thing. And if it just, and I remember what Cher said, you know, I don't need a rich man. I can make and become my own rich man, you know? So I called it off. I called King. So you knew about the cheating prior to all this. Yes. And you just kind of kept it to yourself. Yes. I found out because it's how universe it is. It's like science, you know, I wasn't looking for it. I swear I, I usually before I would like go through my partner's phones, computers. This time I didn't. It was just I was just cleaning and the computer opened, you know, turned on. And I saw the first page Craigslist. It was like not it was not like I went and I started searching. The browser was open, you know, and then all I see is like from page one to page 20, all the little numbers were purple. That means that he went from page one to page 20, clicking, and he clicked every single ad, every single page. So that hurt me because I'm like, here you are telling me to stop escorting, to stop seeing people because you want to be my only one. And I give you the chance, regardless of how much money you have. I just wanted security. I wanted someone that really said it loved me because, like I told you, I moved out of my house when I was 15 years old. So I have separation issues or I had, I had abandonment issues and I had, um, you know, create love craving issues, you know, because I felt like nobody loved me. And finally I found this person that could have anybody and wants to have me. I felt like, you know, in the clouds, but then when I saw that it destroyed me, but then I thought of like revenge, be smart. I was like, I'm going to marry with him. I'm going to marry him and then divorce him and take everything that will fucking teach him. But imagine how sad my life was at the moment for me to think like that, like punish him since the beginning. When honestly, I wasn't even going to punish him. I was just going to be punishing myself because he was going to be living with me. He was going to be having, you know, spend time with me cheating on me thinking that because he's rich and you know i'm never gonna find someone like him that i should put up with everything and me suffering you know my own hell i was like because that was my plan i was like i'm going to make you spend as much money on me so that way you don't spend it on those speeches you know kind of like passive aggressive actions for me until i had that accident that accident it was like it was like I died. I want to say like I li literally died. And I in in God, whoever is out there, gave me a second chance. And I was like, nope, here you go. I don't know if I'm going to be successful in the industry or not, but I'd rather say I tried it and I failed rather than I wish I tried it. I wish I would have done it when I was young. So, and I'm glad that I did because I would have never met you if I would have not you know, gone through that path. Um, maybe you would have never become a porn star that you are if you would have not met me. Um, so, so many things, good things happen out of, out of that, you know, situation that I am 
glad I am blessed that I followed my own instincts and I didn't follow, you know, my, how will you call this word? My narcissistic tendencies of, I need to get revenge, you know, because I got hurt. No, I realized I'm just hurting myself. Either you want to marry someone and make their life miserable and make you miserable in the process, or you just rather let go and find your own happiness. So I decided to go and find my own happiness. And somehow porn became my happiness. Yeah, you'll like this. There's a, a famous quote. I forget who said it. But it said, revenge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Exactly. It's crazy. It just yeah, no. Revenge is is never good. So you went out to shoot for kink. Then what happened? When I went out to shoot for kink, um, I start. I work with them. I want to say, by the way, whoever's watching this from kink, thank you so much. You guys gave me amazing years, <laughs> amazing experiences. It was great. It was. You've been to the armory, right? Before they, they got rid of it, you know, the treatment, everyone's so nice. Everyone like caters to you, like makes you feel like you're Jennifer Lopez or someone, you know, super important. Um, that made me feel safe because not even with people that pr promised and, you know, reassured me they were my friends and I was like safe with them. I never felt the way I felt at Kink, like anything that, you know, they felt something wrong or something. They were like there for me. And it, that gave me the comfort of fully let go and know that if anything's going to happen in set, I am taken care of. I'm not going to be, you know, hurt or something. After shooting with them, um, Christian triple X got a hold of me on Twitter and invited me to do a shoot with him for my luck. The time that he invited me was like short after the TEA awards or a little bit before I forgot how it was exactly. But the point is that, um, instead of me shooting with Christian content, content back then, uh, groovy, um, um, uh, hired us to do a scene for Groovy, and we both ended up getting paid. Um, Buddy Wood, he's the one that shoot us, um, invited me to the party that they have, you know, every year at the model house. So I went there. That's where I met um, Bob from T Bob's Tea Girls, Franks from uh, Trans Tea World. I met so many other producers, and then that whole week I started working with every single one, every single one. Just like a lot of the girls in these days are like, you see them everywhere because everybody wants to shoot with them. We, I also went through that. It was an amazing experience because you get to see what is about like how they the porn is actually made and for me it was like i want to do this the rest of my life like not just be a model but i also want to produce and direct yeah no and that's one thing though for for the people watching jesse was like a big deal long before all this fan site shit and everything like that like you were I mean, you've been around forever now. Well, not forever, and like, but... Yes. And that was one thing, though, too, that, like, I remember the very first time we shot together, like, just your understanding of where to put the cameras and where to put the lights and why, and, like, you know, 
you really understand everything that goes into it. Yeah, it's just like right now. Uh, it's really easy to just like set your phone and like your little right link ring light and just like record it. But I can't do that for me. Like if right now, if I were to turn the camera around, you'll see two lights over here, two over here. I'm using this microphone. I have like a whole system, you know, because it's how I learn of using, you know, audio cannot be recorded with the video at the same time. They have to be recorded separately in case you just want to use the audio for different, you know, times, especially when the audio is the same thing. Ah, ah, yes, yes. Oh, fuck, you know, at least that's how I learned. And I fell in love with it because it's like a craft. It's like amazing what you see in your mind doing and then you go through the process of editing it and then you see the whole video as it plays and it's just like i did that i did it like i it's my imagination that created this so it feels really good like when you cook it when you bake a cake and it comes out perfect that's actually a great analogy what was it like though for you like when you very like did your very first scene because I'm sure you had a preconceived notion of what you thought it would be versus what it actually was. Well, something that... Wait, hold on. Can we put a pause real quick? I know. Not pause, but... Your editor yeah. Fix it. Okay. What was the question? Okay. So... Uh, you have a preconceived notion in your head of what porn should be like. Then you show up to your first like scene. How is that different? Well, what you thought it would be versus what it actually is. Well, what happened with me when I went into kink, it was, to be honest, I didn't have an expectation of what it was. I kind of did. And you'll remember this movie, second Mary make a porn. Have you ever heard it? Or seen yeah. it? Okay, so, and actually, some of those performers that p- perform there, I already know them, so it's amazing. Um, when I saw that movie, I was like, what, 17, 19? That I was like, one of these days, you know, I think that was like also the movie that got me interested in like, okay, I'm going to try do, to do porn, you know? Maybe let's see if that's how it actually it is, you know? And he actually kind of, it is, like, not, now that I make my own porn, it kind of is like that, you know, like you have to come up with your own set. How many times have you come to my house and I, the whole room looks completely different, new furniture, new things, because I need to make my <laughs> studio look house different. 20 times, it's different every time. You can't use the same set all the time. Um, the audio, all that stuff. And when I went into kink, it was, it was like being on a TV show. I've been in like TV shows when I was like a little kid and I've, you know, seen how things were recorded. So I've always been interested in it. So when you show up to this place and there's like all these lights hanging and all these spotlights, you know, pointing at you and there's audio and you have a microphone on top of you that you have to like, and remember lines. I was like, so when I'm a very famous Hollywood actress, this is what it's going to be like, because <laughs> I wanted to become an actress, a Hollywood actress. I never wanted to become a porn star. I wanted to do acting. And, you know, if God gave me my acting job as a porn star, who am I to say no? 
<laughs> so I did it. Um, it was a very nice experience. Everything was, you know, run smooth. We went through like, you know, the yes and no's, the compliance list, all that stuff. Um, whether we wanted to use condoms or not, all that, you know, process. And we were doing everything perfect until someone comes and they say that there's a scare and because of past has called a, what was it? What's called? Um, monetary, mo, monet, what is, uh, I know you're talking about, I yeah, can't think of the word. I forgot the name of the word, uh, monetary, monetary, mo, so it's basically what happened is uh, moratorium. Yes. Basically, what happened is someone tested positive for, I think, HIV, and apparently that person had performed with someone in kink around that time. Um, and obviously, I was not at risk, neither the performer that it was with me because we were both new to the industry. But based on protocol, all production all over the country has to cease production where, you know, Exchange, fluid exchange is happening. So they had already flew me to San Francisco for three days to do two scenes, one for TS seduction and one for uh, Pussy Hunters, which we're not going to be able to happen because of the monitorium. So that's when um, Tomcat looks at me. He's like, well, what do we do? Like, we already have you here. We're going to do a solo. And then that's when they told him, they're like, yeah, but we don't do solos in, you know, um, TS seduction. It's all girls fuck guys or guys fuck girls. And he's like, I don't care. This is a very good performer to let it go. And I was like, oh. so it went from me performing with a guy into like the point that I'm like, okay, sit on it. You know, that is like, okay, everybody stop. Everybody stop. To they changed the set. I redid my makeup and then they put me on a chair and then they're like, okay, play with yourself. And I'm like, can you guys like put some music or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll put it in post-production, like in the background. So, so now I have to like come up with a song in my head and I'm just like dancing and touching myself. And you can like see me that I'm like, I'm not doing the, yes, come here. I'm doing the, yes, you like that? <laughs> like my positions were so different. I was like, yeah, baby, come here, get me. Back then it was like, Yes, I like it. <laughs> so, but it was an amazing experience because this way I felt like I didn't have to share credit with no one. It was just me. So my lounge in TS Seduction was a solo, which it was great. Then they sent me home. That is when I tried a different approach to recording, which it was no lines, you know, no mem nothing memorized. It was just like... Buddy Wood with his camera is like, okay, fuck each other. Okay, I can do that. Come here, you know? So I got to experience when I got to Trans Angels, completely different. With Trans Angels, it's all about memorizing your lines, memorizing like what you're supposed to do, what the scene is about, like what we call subnosis. Memorize it. Because if you don't, it, it just messes up the the scene when a partner does know that like well i told you not to do this and the other person's like well i never heard what you what you said like it just 
kind of yeah. destroys that. That's why a lot of people, I think, skips to the fucking part. Yeah. What What do you prefer shooting? Do you prefer, like, a scene where there's some acting in it, or do you prefer just going at it? I like both. I like both because it just depends if... I think if I'm shooting with one person, like for example, when I shot with you the first time, we just did sex. It's like, okay, let's turn the camera on and let's just fuck each other. You know, we stop here and there moving the camera around, but we just got it done. And I like that. Then later, you know, I saw how good you perform. Now it's like, how about we do an actual role play? This is your character. This is my character. And we'll do it. I like doing it. It's just hard to find sometimes people that are content creators like you and me that yeah. actually want to do the work of memorizing a line, you know, memorizing what they're supposed to do. Because even when you work for um, devils, I'm not dead devils, um, trans angels, and um, that they give you a script and stuff, some people, even though they're getting paid to remember their lines and stuff, they don't like doing it. So it, it's bad. When I've worked with guys now that are like doing only fans and stuff, and I'm like, okay, so you stand right here and you say this, and then you say that, it's like, oh yeah, that's too much work. Like I'm not getting paid for that. Like I'm just trying to, let's just turn the camera, fuck each other and sell the video. And I'm like, no, I mean like, okay, sure. We can do it. I just want it kind of like, even like a minute, because like I like my videos that it, one is connected with the other that is connected to the other you know and this video like for example these videos I call them bonuses which is just straight to sex um it's hard to work with people like that because sure they'll be like okay fine then we'll do it after 30 minutes which is what they usually or an hour which is what you they usually you know spend fucking and recording he's like i want to go now like i'm tired i've been here for two hours like usually my shoots are done by an hour i'm like well yeah because you're only fucking this is different this is actually a production like that's why i hired two camera people that's why there's a microphone person that's why there's a set you know, if I just wanted to fuck you, I would have had you at my house. Set the lights, cameras, and fuck you, and then kick you out. Like, I've done many times. But that's not... And the, and the way, the reason why I do it is, like, with you. You know, that way you know another technique. Because you're not going to be able to do... You know, let me record myself with my cell phone the whole time. You know, that can only sell. So you need to mac maximize your potential. Do amateur well lit well recorded not oh yeah fuck camera you cannot even jerk off because the camera keeps moving everywhere you know as well as do actual production with three different points of views like close-ups that will maximize the impact of your revenue if you just wanna record yourself with your cell phone for a three minute video you're gonna make money but you're not gonna make a name for yourself yeah. Yeah, no, and I'm glad you brought that up because like so many people in this industry are lazy as hell. Work ethic is shit. They flake. They don't show up. They give you. A, they, they give you a fucking STD. Yeah. Oh my god! Don't even get me started on that one. Actually, actually, let's talk about it. 
Have you got an STD from a performer? Oh, yeah. What was it? God, plenty of times. I've had gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis. <laughs> How many times? A bunch of times? Oh, God. Or so, so. Honestly, it's been over a year since I've had anything. But on average, if I had to average it out, I'd probably say like <laughs> two a year, maybe three. It's like you're getting a punch card. Do you, do you get your punches every time you go? <laughs> I've gotten some before. Like the first time I caught, you know, an STD was like right, right during COVID. You know, it was, it was at right after AVN. I was gonna stay after AVN for like a week, but then you know everybody started coming out cold. You know, AVN. Everyone knows that there's the AVN flu that everyone sometimes catches it. But this time I didn't stay because uh, I think Trump was closing all the airports. And I was like, they were just doing like the international ones. I was like, I need to get out of here. I cannot get stuck in Las Vegas. So I left and after working with, and I worked with this guy that um, he sucked me without a condom. And then I topped him with a condom. Um, he showed me the test. This time he brought me like a paper print and I was like, okay, perfect. I have worked with him before. Uh, I go back home. One month passes, two months passes. I think it was around March when I'm like noticing something on my in my body. You know, at first I thought it was like maybe it's just an infection from me using one of my toys that it was not, you know, properly clean or, you know, yeah. it had dust or something. But it's like, you know, your body, like, you know, the moment you have something is like, yeah, I caught something. So this was my first time. I didn't know. So I go and I get tested and they tell me, obviously, HIV and everything is negative. But then they're like, yeah, um, you have, what was it? Gonorrhea and chlamydia at the same time. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm so glad that my husband didn't got it and two other guys that I was, like, having sex with didn't got it. It was like it lived in my body for two months and a half you know dormant it was like on the you know after the month and two months and a half that i guess like i call it the flower bloomed and that's when i became contagious that's when like i noticed it thank god by that time i wasn't having sex with no one like three weeks prior to that i was like not having sex with no one including my husband uh, but th that was my first scare i was like my husband and then these other two guys so i called these other two guys and i was like hey so i tested positive for this and maybe you gave it to me so go get checked but in my head i was like if he would have been them, why is it just in my penis? Why is it not in like in my butt or in my mouth? You know, if that penis was everywhere, that's when and I thought I was like, wait, the only person that has sucked me with this guy sucked me with a condom, but I fucked him with a condom. So then I text him, you know, he was like the last person that I backtracked to. And I was like, hey, so I tested positive for this. Like, I need I think you need to go get checked. And I think you gave it to me immediately. He's like. I'm so sorry. I think I know who gave it to me. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I thought you were tested. And he says, the thing is that I really needed the money and I didn't have money to get tested. So I printed out an old test and I changed the 10th for an 18th. And I was like, you motherfucker. 
I was like, you're glad that it was just only these STDs. Um, and I, even though I want to say the name and stuff right now, I did promise him and I do keep my word of not, you know, talking about it. I just told him like, don't ever, you know, contact me again. If you see me in a room, walk away. Like, I don't want to see you because you put my life in jeopardy. And it's the principle, you know, especially in this industry. After that, I became, and, and I actually thank him now. Because I'm glad that it, that happened because now I'm more careful. Now I don't take any like fake tests. Now I'm like very secure. But even then I've caught something else, like same chlamydia again from another performer, which got tested on Monday, has unprotected sex with some stranger that Monday night. So on Wednesday, his test come back clean. But then by Sunday, when I shoot with him, he already has an STD. Depending how strong the uh, uh, bacterial load was on the other person, that, uh, you know, says how long, like how soon or how, you know, long it's going to take for the virus to actually, you know, be contagious for other people. So by Sunday, when he shoots with me, because the person that he had sex with unprotected on Monday had like a very high viral load. Immediately I tested, I became, you know, uh, infected with that. And he showed in my body on the fourth day and then four, fifth day, like I could feel it. I went, I get tested. What? Like 10 days later to make like the 14 days of my test. And then I find out that I test positive for chlamydia. And I'm like, how everyone that I work with was tested. So then I start seeing on Twitter that this person is working, you know, with this other persons that I know for a fact, they don't get tested at all because in their head, they're like, oh, I'm married. My wife is in the, or my husband is in the industry. So if he doesn't have anything, then I don't have anything. But they're cheating on each other the whole time. So you don't exactly know. That is the only yeah. bad thing about this industry that I don't like. That there's a lot of new motherfuckers that they're so greedy for money that they're willing to like destroy other people's careers you know um just so they get their money which fucking stuff oh yeah yeah no i remember one time i got gonorrhea from a studio shoot and everyone was tested the night before which means that one of them couldn't keep their dick in their pants for 24 hours like or they just use someone else's piss for it. That's possible too, but there's so many shitty stuff going on with like the new performers. That is the one thing that I don't like about OnlyFans and the fan sites because there's not really a regulation. We in the adult industry with mainstream companies we have a regulation and you know you need to get tested if you don't not tested you don't work uh your partner needs to be okay with yes and no's and like we have you know everything how do you say based on set protocol up set up by based on protocol and then you meet these new people that are like 
they think like I've met performers that they think that they're better than me, which sure, maybe they are because they have, you know, half a million subscribers on Instagram and half a million on TikTok, but they were already popular for something else. Not that they're doing only fans. It's not that they're hot. It's not that they're better than me. People have morbosity, morbosity, like, you know, like lust after you know i've seen it's like if i were to tell you like oh i have a picture of beyonce naked we've seen beyonce half naked but if i say i actually have like where you see her nipples and everything then people are willing to pay a million dollars for that because it's the lust that sells you know and when they see my page that i only have like what 64k right now after losing my account last year with like i forgot how many followers you know it's shitload you know and i had to start it's like oh it's like i feel like you're gonna be leeching off of my fans i'm like no bitch like my account is this because i just restarted and unlike you I don't buy subscribers. I don't pay boots. All my fans, all those 64.4K subscribers that I have, they are all real. None of them have been brought. None of them have them like purchased from, you know, to me subscribing to like boots and stuff. They're all mine. So I know that my money is going not represent my followers. It just represents that people is truly following me because I can just buy a million subscribers. But does that really is going to, you know, invest? And if I really need to have a big number in my Instagram to prove my worth and not my talent, not my 10 years of hard work, that doesn't rep that they don't feel that represents my work, my character, my talent, then I'd rather not work with them. It's simple as that. It's like, you know what? You think you're better than me? Sure. Maybe you are. But to be popular for one, two years, it's easy because everybody's going to be lusting after you because you're the new thing. The true, the true problem, the true goal is to keep yourself relevant. And I've been relevant since nine, 10 years ago that I got in the industry and I'm still, you know, yeah. growing. Now ask about some of the performers that started, you know, OnlyFans right before COVID, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, that's one thing though, like, I'm sorry. I would say I speak for most people, but an ego is not attractive, period, end of story. And there are a lot of performers who think they are king shit so much better than everyone else. And it's like, I, I remember when we shot together for the first time, like, I, I think I might have told you this, but like when you first contacted me, like I knew exactly who you were. I had jerked off to your videos so many times. It's not even funny, <laughs> but I didn't want to like fanboy on you. And, uh, but like, I was like Joe Blow nobody, and you had no ego about yourself. You were just, like, kind and humble. <laughs> and to me, I think that is a much greater marker of success than somebody who's walking around thinks they're fucking better than everyone else. I think about it this way. Do you know any really filthy rich people and people, rich people that we see on TV? They're wearing sweatpants. They're wearing the dirtiest, oldest shoes, the most 
awkward hole in the chest shirts, yet still they live in a mansion. They have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank account. None of them are bragging about it. Now, yep. you see someone that is wearing all these expensive Armani, Louis Vuitton, all these brands bragging about how much they have. And then you go to their bank account and they're negative 200, negative 300. It's all just based on appearances. This is the same yep. thing that I think about these people. It, there's this riddle in Spanish or like a saying that goes, tell me what you brag about and I tell you what you're truly lacking of. So it's like you come and and brag me that you're rich. Come and brag me that you have all this, you know, fame. And I'm going to tell you, you are insecure because instead of you bragging about your good kindness of your heart, instead of you bragging that you're a good person, instead of you bragging that you're a kind human, you're just bragging about something that you're not going to take at the end of your life. That money, it's going to stay here and you're not going to take it. People's going to be like, oh yeah, he was rich. Oh yeah, he was, you know, conceited. He thought he was the shit. Unlike people that me that is like, I don't need to brag how much money I have. I donate towards a lot of, you know, associations. I don't need to tell my right hand what my left hand is doing. And that makes me live happily with myself, knowing that, yes, I have the money, but I don't need to brag to you. I don't need to brag to you or you. I know how much I have. That's my security. I'm secured of that. I don't have to talk about it. Be about it. So I'm... Curious, though, because, like, you made a really good point, because it's like anyone can be a flare-up or a fluke, you know, like, they're popular because they're new, that's it. And it's like, how I describe you is, I describe you personally as, like, the trans porn star. There's, like, the trans women, which is, I put Jesse Dubai at the top and trans men, I would put Trip Richards. At the yes, top. I love You guys are kind of like the, the king and queen of, you know, trans performers. And, and like you said, it's the longevity. It's like, you know, some of these new people, it's like, yeah, you've been successful for two years. Come talk to me in 10. Exactly. You know, it's, it's like these fitness influencers who are 22. And I'm like, motherfucker, when I was your age, I could eat ice cream all day long and I was ripped. You know what I mean? Yeah, don't brag about it's like It's like when, you know, feminine guys, you know, feminine gay guys, and there's not a diss for anyone that is going to come after me after this. You know, it's like being proud about having big tits when you're feminine and a big ass when you're like 300 pounds it's like no baby that comes with the body it's like a twink that is like super skinny and has a six-pack baby you didn't work for it it's just normal because you don't have any meat this is that i went from 200 pounds to this this is even though i paid for it this is an achievement this yeah, you worked your ass off for it. Yeah, not just because you're fat or because you're too skinny. It's, you know, it's not that easy. It's like all these people coming into, like I, we were talking, coming into the industry. I'm not going to say names because this is not about dissing no one. It's just examples. I work with a performer that we did a good scene, you know, an acting scene with 
dialogue and stuff. It was really good. But the next time that I try to work with him, he's like, yeah, like if we work again, I just want to like set the cameras and we just fuck. I don't want to be doing all the acting since I'm not getting, get, getting paid for it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll call you back, you know? And he said, you know, when we were shooting, He's like, oh, I don't, I'm never going to shoot for companies because I'm not going to let other companies, you know, make money off of my name. I'm doing pretty well on my OnlyFans, charging this much. I have this many subscribers, blah, 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 here, 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 yada, 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 yada. He said that he was going to do it on his own. Ask me who, what studios he's working for right now. It's like, don't spit to the sky because it's going to fall on your face. You need to work sometimes for companies because obviously he wasn't making it alone. He kept getting the same fans asking for the same thing, paying the same amount of money. And that's great. If you, if you make chocolate cookies and all your fans only ask for chocolate cookies, that's where you're going to be stuck. That's all you're going to sell. But if you start making cakes, you start making donuts, then you're bringing new revenue. You're bringing new fans that those fans are going to start also buying the cookies that you started selling. And then the other people that they see that you're selling cakes and you're making donuts, now they're going to buy that content. But you're, if you're stuck on selling the same thing, you're not going to grow from it. That's why I started working with trans girls, trans guys, um, women, couples, because I knew that my fans range in so many, you know, likes. Some guys like to see guys fucking trans girls. Other guys like to see trans fucking guys. Other people like to see girl on girl, trans girl on trans girl. And now I have like all these fans from all these different, you know, aspects of life, different ages, different, you know, sexes. And I am known thanks to that. When you put yourself in a little box, that's what you're putting uh, yourself, locking yourself into this little box that you're not going to go from it. I'm glad that he followed my advice and I told him, you know, go and work for some companies. When they call you, go and work for them. It's like that you're not going to make too much money off of them because you're not, but you're going to make a name for yourself. You're going to be able to be put in the AVN, XBIS, you know, X critics list. You know, you're going to be promoted. That's why we do porn for main companies. I don't do it because you know, I like the long eight, 10 hour days. I don't do it for the $2,000, $3,000 that they pay me. I do it because it's like going to the TV, going to the radio. They're giving me promotion. And on top, I'm getting paid. Yep. They're giving you exposure. And a lot of people, like you said, I, I think your analogy about like the cookies and donuts, I think that was perfect. You, It was literally perfect. You know how I am with my analogies. <laughs> so, like, you're married, and I've met your husband, but for the people watching, how did you meet, how did you meet your husband? How did that whole thing come to fruition? Uh, that is something that I'm not going to share um, okay. unless you pay me an exclusivity. <laughs> Actually, I met him. It was a funny story. I met him in Las Vegas on Grinder, out of all the places. Um... I, I was going to do a shoot that day in Vegas because I had reserved a very fancy, nice room at the Bellagio, I think. And I really wanted like to take advantage of it. And I had my Damien, my, my cameraographer, I had him ready there. And the model that I was going to work with, like, 
So I was talking with some guys on Grinder, and my husband was one of them. And I was like, hey, like, I know we said we we're gonna, I was going to hang out tomorrow, but like, how about if like we hang out tonight? And like, do you mind helping me do a porn? Like, all I need is just like POV, I'll suck your dick. Like, you fuck me. Like, I'll teach you. And he's like, he didn't answer. So I messaged another guy. I remember his name, Alex. Long story short, they ended up both coming at the same time. By the time they came, I was already halfway down the video because I was like, I can't wait for them. I need to like use this time right now. So I started doing a solo. They come in. I was like, just take a seat. Just watch me and then we'll go out somewhere, you know, hang out or something after. So they watch me do the porn. That night, the three of us, we go out. We have fun. We come back. The three of us have a threesome. Um one of the guys leaves the one that is my husband right now stayed until like 10 in the morning and then after that the whole week we started hanging out and hanging out um and i thought which of the two guys do i want to date the other guy was very childish was like 17 years old in the body of a 22 23 guy like the his mentality i'll tell you the way i met him he he his mother works for an uh, airline, so he gets plane tickets for free. And he brought his friend to stay with him at a girl that he met on Facebook. So he goes, stays with the girl, and then he goes out with his friend to the bar, meets girls, posts this on Facebook. He's making out with all these girls. He goes back to the friend's house, and she's pissed because it's like, I invited you to my house so you can stay here so we can hang out. So you fuck me. <laughs> Not... So I can give you a place where to crash while you go and fuck other bitches. So he thought like, you know, oh, that crazy, that bitch is crazy. I'm like, no, she's right. Like, I understand that she shouldn't expect that from you. But like, you knew what you were doing. So I knew he was just going to be like a trouble for me. And my husband was very centered and I wasn't looking for a relationship. So we started like hanging out and hanging out. And then I started developing feelings for him. And that's when I told him that we needed to break up. Be or not even break up because we're not even like fully dating each other we were just kind of like yeah dating seeing each other but we're not official boyfriend and girlfriend so i was like yeah i think we need to stop seeing each other he's like wait, wait why why like we're having so much like why i'm like because i'm kind of developing feelings for you and the last time that this happened i almost lived with a guy and he cheated on me and he hurt me so much that i almost like you know Kill myself and thought about suicide and stuff once again abandonment issues lack of self-love lack of love so i told him i was like we need to break up because you live in vegas and i live in colorado it's just not gonna work he's like what if you come to live in vegas i was like no my family my dog everything is in denver he's like how about if i come and live in denver i'm like maybe he's like give me a month and i was like okay I'll give you a month test. By the 30th of that month, he was like, okay, baby, I got rid of all my stuff. I already returned the apartment. All the stuff that I want, it's in my car. I'm ready to start driving. So I was like, okay, come over. Till this moment, I was like, I don't think he's coming. Until he's like, I'm outside your building. I'm like, <gasps> I open the door, he comes. And it was really funny. He gets here on Monday, right? On Thursday, no, Friday, some of my friends come from out of town. And we go out drink, bar humping since really early. 
that we ended up at Potreros, you know, Potreros here downtown. Yeah. I mean, that, where you have worked with me. Yeah. We went there. He's dancing with someone. A guy kisses him. He comes and tells me, he's like, babe, this dude kissed me this and that. Me having, you know, the memories from my ex-boyfriend, you know, immediately, like, he triggered me. That he's telling me, like, babe, this happened. Like, I didn't do anything. And I just, like, saw my ex-boyfriend in his face that I was like, shut up. Boom. He goes like, but baby, you have to listen. But shut up. Slap him again. It felt good. And I got scared about that in that moment because I was like, what am I doing? But he opened his mouth again. And he said, but babe. And that's when I'm like, shut up. He grabs my hand. and He goes like, stop. You hit me. You didn't even give me a chance to explain you. He pushes me away. And I was like, don't go anywhere. I grab him by the shirt. He rips his shirt off. He starts leaving. I got in a fight with that guy at the end of the club. I see him like telling people like, oh, his boyfriend kissed me this. And I was like, no, my boyfriend didn't kiss you. You kiss him. And then he started talking shit. I was like, come here, motherfucker. You. I was like, you want to see the bitch inside me? Come here, motherfucker. I beat his ass up. Four securities jumped in, grabbed me. And because they know me, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. And I said, I'm walking with like my boobs out because the dress ripped. I don't know how I get like, bend over, get in between the securities, and I grab him, and I just grab him by the hair, and I was like, I'm not done with you, motherfucker. And this time, I was punching him, not because of my boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time. I was punching him because of the securities hurt me because of him. I was like, uh-uh, bitch. Come here. Then the securities jump, and I was like, okay, I'm done for reals. And I started walking. My husband and I, we get home. We have a very big fight. It was really, really bad to the point that he's like, I'm leaving, I'm going, this is not going to work. I was like, well, leave, blah, blah, blah. He was so drunk, he was going to leave like the next morning. I was like, fine, leave. The next morning we wake up and we find out that the massacre, the Pulse massacre happened. And that hurt me because I was like, what if it happened at Petredos? And what if something happened to him? And... what if something happens to him and his mom and his dad were they're from texas very conservative and i was like i didn't know them or anything about them yet but knowing them from texas i knew they're gonna be like conservative and if something happens to him and like they don't let me see him or if something happens to me and the doctors don't let him see me because we're nothing that really really scared me so we forgot our fight that night and we realized that my stupid jealousy and the baggage that I had from my past, what it, it was going to be hurting us because he was honest and it was just my insecurities, my fears, my, my broken heart <laughs> that it was affecting us, you know? So we forgot about it. We, just like spend the whole day, you know, cleaning the room, cleaning the apartment after the mess that we made. And that's when I told him, I was like, I think we need to get married. If you want to stay with me, if you really want to be with me, like we need to get married. Even if we get divorced in a year, you go your way, I go my way. But as long as we're together, we're going to live together. Let's get married. So if anything happens to me, You know what to do with my body and what to tell my family. You'll know where my will is.
my account account numbers basically have a partner that will look after me when I can't. So he agreed. We spent Monday together just kind of like thinking, like, do we really want to do this? Monday, we woke up first thing in the morning. We went down to City Hall down, downtown. I even brought my best friend to be my witness. Um, we went, signed the papers. We got out of the courthouse, took a cute little picture, marriage license, just to like, you know, feel it official. But till this, till that moment, I didn't felt married. I didn't felt anything. I just signed a paper that bind, binds me to this person because I want to be with this person. You know, like if anything happens, I didn't sign as like, oh, I'm married. Like he owns me. I own him. It was more of a feeling because I hate marriage. I hate contracts. I'm not good with them. But the moment that I stopped seeing marriage as a contract and I saw it as a partnership that, you know, you, I need someone like I really needed someone. And this person was willing to be there for me. It was when we started living our life for for months, you know, then a month later, the human trafficking case that I was accused of, you know, came into play and it became like really, really serious. And I thought he was going to go away. And I even told him, I was like, if you want, we can go and have a divorce, you know, next week. So none of this affects you. And he held my arms and he told me, look me in the eyes. Do you promise me that you didn't do this? And I looked at him and I told him, I was like, you know me. I feel like you, by this time I haven't lied to you, you should know me. And immediately he hugged me. He said, I believe you. So he never left. He stayed. When his family found out that he was, you know, married to me, I even told him, I was like, how about it? let's just get divorced, you know, because like we'll stay together. But if what affects is affecting your mom is that you're actually legally married to me, let's get divorced. I haven't hugged my mother in that time was 20, no, 19 years. And I was like, I don't want you to distance your yourself from your parents. Like that is the worst thing that you can do. I'm suffering through that. And that is something I don't wish upon my worst enemy. Having your mom and not being able to, to hug her, having the money, having the possibilities, taking a plane just to go and see her, not being able to because you can lose your whole life, you know, because of it. So he said, no, you're my wife and I chose you and they have to respect my decisions. That's when I knew. He was the man that I was going to be with. And it was at that moment, like a month later, when it hit me, when we started doing finances, I'm like, fuck, I'm married. <laughs> I'm married. Like my finances depend on his finances. Like if he asks for a loan because we're married, my account also gets fucked. My credit also gets fucked when we put... But it didn't matter because I felt like we had an agreement of we're going half and half. I'm a very independent person and I like to be independent. I don't like no one leeching off of me and I don't want to leech off of him. I told him, you, your money is your money, but we're paying half of the rent, half of the bills, half of this. My money is my money and I can go and spend $20,000 right now. And he can't tell me shit as long as the house, 
the mortgage, the mortgage, the cars, everything that it's my have, it's paid for. Same with him. He can go and spend a, buy a new car if he wants, as long as our mutual interest, you know, are taken care of. Our savings account it's growing. Our investments are growing. So that made me feel like even more comfortable. Now we are on seven years married, and me, my husband, and I we only fight once a year for like the stupidest things. I, the last time I we fought was because he brought beers and he didn't brought sodas. <laughs> and I was like, you drink your sodas. I want, you know, you drink your beers. I want some soda. You drink all my sodas. You only bring beer. We had a little argument about it. I tricked him. Now he, every time he buys beer, he brings me sodas. <laughs> so, but it's just simple little things. There's no jealousy. Me and him, we have threesomes. Right now we're dating a couple the the other couple i am the guy's girlfriend and then she gina it's my husband's girlfriend we're actually gonna go hang out with them uh on wednesday for like a whole week so it's it's a partnership that i have with him i, I yes we're married and i'm happy to be his wife and i'm blessed to have him as, as a husband but it's more of a partnership rather than you know, a marriage because marriage for me, it's what I've grew up of two people just living together, putting up with each other because they got married and they cannot like walk away from each other because, you know, the divorce fees and stuff with my husband. I don't think, you know, I don't even think about divorce. I don't think about living this partnership, you know, ever, if, if, if we, you know, knock on wood, one of these days we decide like, you know what? I don't think this is working. Like, you should look somewhere else and I'll look somewhere else and we get divorced. We're still going to be partners because we have businesses together. We're still going to be partners because we spend so many years together. We know so much about each other that I will make sure to be friends of his new partner. And, you know, so there's no jealousy because I don't want to lose that partner in life, even if the marriage doesn't work. Yeah. One thing though, that, and I've noticed this just from the time that we've known each other, but you really, really seem to have matured and grown in like critical self-evaluation and like, you know, because, you, you know, it's like when you're telling the story of, you know, when you guys were at the bar, like. I've dated enough Latinas to know exactly what that flash fire temper looks like. And it ain't pretty, you but it's like, you've side. really, so imagine you've really like happen. calmed down and mellowed out. Like, what do you attribute that to just getting older? Or, so, like, so, many things. so many things. About something about me is that just like a lot of people, I was bullied you know, I was not just bullied, like, verbally, but also physically, mentally, not just by strangers, the neighbors, but also by my own family, my own cousins, my own aunts, you know. Also something that I haven't, like, I've spoke about it before, being molested, you know, all that stuff at a very, the first time that I was molested, I was six years old, you know, and then it was seven, then nine and 11 and so on and so forth that that is what gave me this not feeling but like this 
personality of promiscuity. Like I was very promiscuous, you know, all those guys that I, that molested me, not that I fucked, I used to say I fucked them. No, all those guys that molested me at that age, I had them like in my wall as trophies. Like they were my trophies from hunting until I was 30th that I, one time I'm having a conversation and I just burst in tears because that's when I realized, oh my God, I just realized I was molested, you know? Anyway, going back to the, going back to the time that made me very promiscuous that I felt that with my body. And since I didn't have innocence, purity, and I guess virginity, which is what we base the value of people and also being told that I didn't matter, that God didn't, you know, that I was a mistake of God and like all those things makes you start believing that you should be dead, that you, that you don't matter, that you're a mistake, you know? After that happens, you start defending yourself a lot. I was a troubled child. The whole school, every school that I went to, I was always a troubled child. I was always the kid that got in a fight with everybody, but nobody ever questioned maybe is everybody that is messing up with this kid because even the teachers were bullying me even the teachers that were there to protect me they were letting kids bully me i will go and i will tell them like this kid is doing this oh they're just playing don't be so sarcastic they're just playing and they will see it but then when i will retaliate and hit them and defend myself I was the one that got suspended. I was the one that got expelled. I was the one that always got in trouble. And in and in and instead of my dad asking me, "Are you safe in school? Like, is anybody hurting you?" The first thing that he did is. We got home and he beat me up because I was a troubled child. He thought that by beating me up, I would not beat up other kids, but he never once asked me, why are you like this? And I could have never told them, I'm just defending myself because I never got the time to say, I'm, they did this to me. That made me be very aggressive, be very mean, in the name of I'm defending myself. If I'm a bitch to you, I'm defending myself. And I became very, maybe in a Scorpio, being a Latina, I became very, very nice because I believe that I will become a bitch to you once you become a bitch to me. But once you get that bitch out of me, be careful because this bitch is blind, is deaf, and she will use everything she can to fucking destroy you in the name of no one is going to hurt me again. No one is going to insult me. No one's going to touch me. No one's going to hurt me. So instead of them hurting me, I will hurt them first. That made me very miserable because people started fearing me. I thought it was respect. It was fear because people will come after me. And they will, other people will be like, oh, don't mess with her. She's crazy. Like, she will beat you up. And I was proud of that. Yeah, don't touch me. Don't mess with me. Because I will fucking stab you. I will cut you. I will do whatever I have to do to fucking teach you a lesson. And 
I was always fighting with everybody in the name of defending myself. We add hormones to this. Once I get on the hormone treatment, it became worse because now I became emotional. I even thought about killing people because of how hurt I was. That's why I say that hurt people hurt other people. No one that is truly happy will want to go out of their way to hurt someone. Doesn't matter how much damage that person has. If you're truly happy, you're never going to take the poison yourself expecting someone else to kill, to die, you know? Yeah. It was after I tried, after that car accident that I had that made me realize that I have only one life to live. And, and one thing that I don't want is that when I died, that will people only remember me for the mean person that I was without knowing why I became what I am. It's like the Medusa story. I wasn't this monster. The world created me. I am the monster that the bullies, I am the monster that my family, I am the monster that the lack of love from my parents created. But it was the self-love that I discovered going into the adult industry, the security, feeling love from people like you, from people that I've never met, that made me change and realize that actually making others people happy will make me more happy. And that the best thing that I can do for the people that bullies me is to pray for them and forgive them. Because sure, they're hurting me with their words or aggressions or something, but the question is who is hurting them for them to retaliate against me? If I go after them, they're just having another bully that is going to go and hurt them. I'd rather distance myself from it and take that power from that person of hurting me. If you're not beneficial to me, I don't want you taking up space in my life, in my circle of friends, in, in my surroundings. Having the car accident and going through specifically the court case, the human trafficking case that made me see face 50 to 60 years in prison for something that I didn't do, that it was another thing that took my, this attitude of being a tough person away. Sometimes I realized that being weak, it's okay, because I was tired of always being the head of my family, the head for my brothers, the head for my relationships, always the one in control. When I met my husband, it was like, I, I don't have the control over this. I, I have to handle control to my lawyers. The only thing that I can do is just focus on my self-being and stop judging people. I stopped being promiscuous. I stopped being narcissistic, thinking just about me. Um, there's this word in Spanish, it's called soberbia which in English, it's, let me see how to translate it. Soberbia. Pride. Well, it's, it, it says here it's pride, but it's not pride of like being proud. It's like 
pride of like, you know, I'm, I'm better than you. That kind of pride, that kind of feeling of like, no one's better than me. I'm better than you. And I am who I am because of this, because of that, because you will never be, you know, near, near my, the bottom of my foot, you know? I got rid of that because at that moment, it didn't matter how much money I had, didn't matter how much followers I had, didn't matter anything. I was facing 50 to 60 years. And the only thing that had, that I had to back me up was my innocence, was my character, and it was my strength. Because I've told you about this story. I thought, this was the one time, the last time that I thought about committing suicide. And I'm so glad I didn't do it because after thinking of committing suicide, I had this like a feeling, premonition, daydream that if I did commit it, that the only people that is going to suffer is the people that is left behind, including my husband. And he doesn't deserve to have that. So basically, if I didn't kill myself back then, it wasn't for me because I would have done it. If I would have been alone. I know I would have done it. I didn't do it because of my family. And I'm not ashamed to say that I thought and about committing suicide because I think that talking about it makes me more stronger. And if someone's watching this and you're thinking about committing suicide, talk with someone. Let them know. Because thinking about committing suicide is nothing but a cry for attention and instead of calling the attention this way let's call the attention and ask for help so that way you can actually see the people that truly loves you and I had that I'm so glad that I had that that's when I decided to forgive everybody Venus Lux the people that put me in that case all my bullies all the people that molested me, everyone, my grandmother that like will massacre me when I was little. I forgave everybody because I felt that the only person that I was hurting at that moment, carrying all that hate, carrying all that anger, carrying all that resentment, it was me. So I decided to just let it go and treat people the way they treat me. You treat me nice, I will treat you nice. Treat me bad, you will never see me again. I'm not even going to take the time of orchestrating a revenge against you because I will be creating a hell for myself. I just rather cut the cord and I feel like you will suffer more if you don't get to dump all your hate and anger towards me and that is what made me become the person that I am now settle I don't need to fight I don't need to scream I speak with facts calmly looking you in the eyes and if my point goes across great if it doesn't well that's all I have to say have a wonderful night and your ideas your thoughts your decisions are yours I just spoke my mind and never take anything personal because you never know what, you know, personal hell each person is dealing with. Yeah. I mean, life is, is 
life is too short to be pissed off, period. And I feel like the older you get, and especially when you go through some of the life-altering events that you did, you get to a point where you just value peace and stability above everything else. Yes. Uh, that goes a lot, even like the reason why I am not as popular as other performers, like, you know, and this is not thrown shade, like Chanel Santini, that now his name is King Cameron, um, Abricade, all uh, Foxy, is because when I went through the court case, I distanced myself a little bit from the industry because I felt and I thought that the being in the industry was going to affect my case because of all the conservative people that were in the grand jury and the judge. And my case was going to affect not just me in the industry, but the industry itself, the press, the anti-porn people were going to use my case to affect the whole industry, not just me. That's another reason why I think they targeted me because at the end of the case, they had all the guilty people. They had everyone that they needed to have. But when the victim test, when my victim testified and said I had nothing to do, that I actually did met her, but I tried to help. And it was this person, you know, that took uh, the phone number that I have given her and the uh, websites and addresses of associations that could have helped her, that he ripped them up. Basically, she repeated everything that I had said two years prior, you know, in one, while I was doing my testimony. They didn't care about that. They wanted my head. They wanted me because I am Hispanic, I'm transsexual, and I'm a porn star triple win. So the moment that this human trafficking case victim, you know, comes forward and testifies, they drop the case. And all the people that were guilty, they all walked away free. It was never about justice for the victim. It was about using me for their agenda, I want to say, because my prosecutor, and you guys can go and Google her, John Weber, um, she was up for election to become district attorney. So it was never about saving the victim. It was about her getting a better position using my case. And I'm so glad you failed, bitch. My honesty prevail. When that happened, it gave me this sense of I went against the FBI. I went, I went against the whole state of Colorado. And they couldn't find anything because I was innocent. That's when I realized that the only thing that you have at the end of the day is who you truly are. Your honesty. Your ethic towards life, towards work, towards friendship, towards everything. It's the only thing that you have. You can have so much money, you can have everything, but what you really have truly, it's, it's you. Where I'm going with this about like more fame is, you know, having that case going on and make me kind of like backtrack and not, you know, do as much porn because I didn't want it to like have the case be used against me. That put me in a position of, it's not that I, my fame 
stop is just that the fame of other girls increased because for them their goal was to make more money to become rich to to have luxury which i'm so glad for them and you girls are seeing this i'm so glad for you you deserve it every single penny every house because you guys have multiple you guys deserve it i wanted to have that i wanted to you know enjoy that but later I realized that the more money you have, the more problems, the more fake people come to your to, to to pretend to be your friends and stuff. And that's when I realized that my house, you've been to my house, my house is not a palace, but it's my house. And I don't it's have a nice home. Yeah, it is a nice home. But compared to the house that I wanted to buy, which it was like five bedrooms, two living rooms, two kitchens, you know, a huge yard, like almost two million dollar house. No, this one only cost me like, you know, 75, 80, but I'm going to be done paying it real quick. And then open that opens the door for me to buy a better and another house. But now having this one is basically just enough because I need a cleaning. I needed to have a cleaning lady to come and help me clean my own house. So I can only imagine how much it's going to take me to clean a bigger house, you know, and maintain it and having more money, having to pay, you know, taxes. What if I get put in a, you know, another tax bracket that depends more money. And in two years, I don't have that anymore. And when I go back to like not having that, they're going to out at me and ask like, where's all this money going? And not that I have any issues or anything because I've always been like cleared. But the fact that they'll be like, okay, you went from this to suddenly this, you're hiding money. Even though I wouldn't be, that will open the door for them to come after me. And even though they're not going to find anything, dealing with the courts, dealing with legal bullshit, them taking money out of me to pay for legal fees when they should have been in the first place. That is what scares me. That's why like, I even stopped like OnlyFans. My OnlyFans is doing so great that I don't even sell like, you know, bundles or content because I do. It's funny. I don't want to make more money. I want to stay where I am so I can just, leave comfortable with the money that I'm making right now is just enough to pay my bills for me to have money in savings and for me to have money for to spend. I don't need any more. I don't need to be filthy rich and just accumulate money that my family is going to kill each other for my inheritances when I die that, you know, that is going to destroy my family because of all the money that I left. I actually, a lot of the money that I make from, um, cash from like when I work at the nightclub, when I do performances, you know, I've told you this, all that money, I collect it all and I donate it. I, I actually, let me show you something. Hold on. This is my gift book. Every time this book is filled, with money, all this money gets donated. I divide and it's just, you know, dollars, $5, $10, all from the shows. Sure, I can keep it, put it in the back and have Uncle Sam charge me for it. What do I do? Have it cash and gift it. I gift it, I donate to animal shelters in other countries. I donate to animal shelters here in Colorado. Like I don't, I've, I have even paid some people's rent, you know, from that. Cause I don't want that money to go in my bank to cause me trouble. I consider 
this extra money a blessing. And the best thing that you can do is share the blessing. Because let's say I die tomorrow, knock on wood, right? And all this money, if I was by myself, it's just going to get, you know, thrown away in boxes and who knows who's going to, you know, take advantage of it. I'd rather enjoy my money, my share my blessings while I'm still alive and see those people's smi smiles and eyes bright up because someone, you know, helped them the way I wish I would have been helped when I needed it. Yeah. It's all about, you know, passing it forward. No, I get that. What you mean, though, about like you just want enough to live a comfortable life and have a home, and because yeah, there there gets to be a certain point where it becomes excessive, and it's just like, really, are you actually that much happier driving a two hundred thousand dollar car as opposed to a thirty thousand dollar car? It's like, no, not really. You know, it's it's all empty bullshit. Yeah, it's all superficial. It's all materialistic stuff. It's like, I think it's funny. For example, like you were saying, aging, like, you know, maturing. I used to, you know, when I was like on my 20s, up until like, yeah, I think 29, you know, I was very focused about like collecting makeup and collecting dresses and heels and, you know, having money. And I, cause I wasn't making the money that I was, that I'm making now, just having money and collecting and collecting because for an emergency, for a rainy day, for, you know, for a special occasion. And when I went through the court case, it was like, I wish I would have spent my money on, you know, and enjoyed it rather than suffering because now I can't travel. Now I can't do this. Um, I wish I would have, you know, drink that bottle of wine, you know, instead of, you know, waiting for a special occasion, you know, that I decided of like, no, I'm going to live my life, enjoy it while I'm alive within my means and not hoarder. Because just like being a hoarder for stuff it's a problem being a hoarder for money. It's also a problem because your life just becomes all about money, 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 money. And you're not happy. And you say, oh, it's because for my family, when I die, they have something. Okay, great. They have something, but you're going to destroy your family because they're going to fight for that money because that's what you were all about. You know, it's better if you just enjoy it, share it, live it rather than like hoarding it and wanting, you know, to be better than the, your next rich neighbor or your, you know, rich, richest friend. Living a comfortable life is the best. Like right now, ask me how many legal problems I have. None. Ask me how many tax problems I have. None. Health problems. None. Thank you, by the way, God. I live a comfortable life. Right now, the only problem that I have, I guess, is that my fucking dogs keep peeing in the house. So I need to, like, change the floor, the carpet into floor and stop, like, washing my carpet every three days. But that's the only problem. And I'm happy to have that problem. Rather than, like, some friends that have so much money that they're being audited for the, from the IRS. And even though they have everything online, is the more money you make, the more enemies you make, and the more people get close to you for that money. It's a double-edged sword. Oh, yeah. No, it absolutely is. Um, 
And and sometimes it's so blatantly obvious because you you've seen my cars like up until recently I had a Volkswagen Jetta that was like my daily driver and I used to drive it every day to this breakfast burrito place and the girl that worked there just you know she was friendly whatever but then one day I drove my custom built thousand horsepower Mustang and then it was like Oh wow, is that your car? Oh hi, by the way, I'm so and so nice. And I was like, wow, could you be any more fucking obvious? Fuck you! Like, <laughs> I know you've seen those videos on YouTube where they have like a Ferrari or whatever, and it's like it's insane. Like, oh god, yeah. That's no, why no. I live the way I live. Like, people sees me at Potreros, and some people they're like, oh, Femi isn't paying you enough, and I always say. No, I'm actually really, really comfortable. I'm just here because this is my house. Like all these people know that I'm famous, but they don't treat me different. It's like Beyonce being Beyonce and going to her mom's house. At her mom's house, she's not Beyonce. She is her mother's daughter, period. You know, she's at home. For me, I'm the same way. I feel at home and I don't, uh, for me, it's the same to be in a very fancy, bougie New York nightclub and being at El Potrero where I'm treated like family. I'd rather be with my people that are truly original to me rather than hang out with a bunch of fake wannabes looking to be discovered, looking to be the next best thing. I'm like, I'm like a rich pretending to be poor. I live, you know, within I guess below my means, I live a comfortable life. I don't brag about what I have. I just simply live my life, spend the, how I want money and time. And it, it makes me happy when I see people that actually know that I have money. And they're like, why is she wearing like that? Isn't she like famous? Why is she wearing like a $29 dress from Ross? Because, bitch, today I'm coming just to enjoy the atmosphere and hi say hi to some of you bitches. But if I were actually coming to perform, example, this hair that I'm wearing right now, this hair costed me $900. The person that will That's judge me that I look cheap is wearing a $25 synthetic wig. So there's levels, I always say. I don't need to brag about what I have. When I know I have it, people that is truly with me, I will share with them. I don't need to be bragging about it. It's like being rich and going to a bad neighborhood and being like, I got money, motherfuckers. You're just setting up yourself to be robbed. Yeah. So, like, if you want to talk briefly about, uh, I can't pronounce this, especially with my teeth, uh, L. L. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Like, talk about, like, your love of performing and all that. Because, like, I performed with you there before. And you, like, really, really, really get into it. Yes. Because, like, I'm a performer. You know this. I've always, like, been porn and doing porn and stuff. That's why I'm so good at it. Because I've always been a performer. I've always been a good, you know, I've always been able to, like, develop my craft, grow my craft over time. And for me, it's a hobby. 
they only pay me a hundred dollars every time I perform and my outfits are like worth thousands of dollars, but I still do it. I don't do it for the money because just like I get that money, this is where it goes and I don't spend it, but it's the joy that I get performing for people when the, the applauses of them, they give me life. It's, it's a, it's a very nice feeling that people appreciate your talent. For me, it's that people appreciate my talent without having to show my dick and my ass and my tits. They actually see the performer that I am without, you know, thinking of like, when is she going to take her tits out? When is she going to show the dick? So, yeah, it's and it's my method of. You know how some people use meditation, some people use running and gym. For me, it's performing that I let my anxiety, my sadness, my anger. If I'm sad, I'll perform a sad song and I will cry on stage because I want to cry, because I want to really enjoy that feeling. I actually enjoy the feeling of sadness and crying because it's normal to feel them. So I tell my body, you want to cry? Okay, bitch. Let's perform and let's do a song that really fucking hurts you. But once that performance is over and everyone saw your tears thinking that it's just part of the show, I know those tears were real and the feeling was real. And seeing other people cry with me makes me feel like I'm not the only one going through this. And just like I released those tears and it's pressure inside me. So the other people, now I feel like we're a group without even them realizing it. And when I'm off that stage, I feel much better. It's a way for me to release whatever it's clouding my life, my judgment at the time. Well, one thing you said, though, there that, I mean, I had to discover this on my own, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, because I feel like the adult industry chews up a lot of people and spits them out. And I think the reason is because they're so used to being objectified all day. Like, when do we get to see your tits? When do we get to see your dick? Uh, and they don't have another outlet like performing as for you. Like this YouTube channel is for me. It's like, wow, I actually get to be a real person. People care what I have to say. It's not about, you know, the dick. And like, so do you feel like that outlet has helped you stay around this long? And, you know. Yes, of course, it has helped a lot. Um See, the funny thing that it's happened to me, I don't know if it has happened to you, is that it started like, you know, like, for example, with Hillary, when Hillary was running for president, I was always just posting pictures, you know, like my content, my promoting myself. But those that election that year was like so important, you know, and I once again, I don't belong to any political party, but this was the one that, you know, I was like, okay, we need to like talk about this. And that's when I started getting attack of what is the porn star going to know about politics? Go back to sucking dick. And I'm like, you suck dick. You, does that mean that you're an idiot? I mean, just the fact that I'm doing it on camera and I get paid for it is no different than you having sex with a bunch of strangers that you pick up at a club every single weekend. And does that make you stupid? No, my dick does not define my intelligence. And that's why I decided to open my podcast and start, you know, being more 
present on social media and I stopped posting naked pictures and I stopped posting, you know, adult content on my Twitter because I was like, until you guys respect me as a person, you guys are not going to see any more sexy content. If you guys want to see that and objectify me, fine. Just like any stripper, objectify me, but motherfucking pay me. You don't get to judge me. You don't get to objectify me when you're not providing anything. It's like people tell me, you're not even American. You're, 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 a, you're Hispanic. You're an immigrant. What makes you think that you can talk about this country? Bitch, I pay taxes just like you. And I pay more taxes than a lot of people. That gives me the right to talk about the government that takes my money. And when they say, oh, your job is not a real job, well, tell that to the IRS because apparently they think it is a job because they're charging me taxes. That is, And they're like, you know, and I'm like, taxes that are paid, your kids' school, your roads, your hospitals, things that I don't use. But here I am, the Hispanic leeching off of your country. That's when, when I became like super, super talked about and I started like talking about like my stories not because I wanted the not charity but the not sentiment but the pity of people I don't want no one to feel sorry for me I already felt sorry for me so long the reason why I'm talking my story and sharing is because I want my fans to know that there's a person behind this persona that has suffered, that has feelings, that has grown over time. And just like I have problems, I know they do too. And if my, by me sharing my story can prevent someone from committing the same mistakes, from thinking about suicide and going through with it, I don't need to be seen by a million people. I don't need to have a million subscribers. I don't need for TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube to pay me. As long as one person sends me a message and tells me, I saw your podcast, what you said is true. Thank you for speaking about, because I did thought about this and this and this. That one person made everything worth it. It's the fact that this makes me feel that I'm not alone, that actually some people out there identifies with the way I feel. And for them, they don't, even if they were my fans, at that moment, the lust of trying to see my tits and my dick goes to a second plane. And it's the person that is behind this persona that they're, you know, interested in. No, absolutely. I I think, and God, I don't know. I I just I feel like a lot of performers don't do that though. They don't have that healthy outlet where they get to be a real person, and it's like it consumes them. You know. I think that. You can tell me about your life and your experiences, and I'm just going to be like, okay, well, good for you that you grew. But I don't know what it is like to be at your age. Just like I didn't know what it was at 20, what it's like to be at my age. Some of those things, people need to go through them, you know? Yeah. It's like 
It's like I can tell my friends, the ones that are getting into the industry, don't do this, don't do that, don't believe this, don't believe that, and get mad at them for ignoring me. I don't. I just tell them, when you fail, when you fall, because you are going to, call me. And I promise I'm not going to tell you, I told you so. I'm just going to be there to help you. But I want you to know that the next time that I tell you something like this, listen. Because if I'm telling you, it's because I experienced it. I already went through it. But people keep ignoring, you know, those advices until it happens to them. And there's nothing that we can do. It's like someone's not going to, you know, that is very secure of herself is not going to have kids because the husband wants to until she's ready, you know, but that's because she already had like prepare herself on like someone that just gets, you know, pregnant and starts, you know, raising the kid without having an idea of what it is to have a kid after being warned, you need to have a career. You need to at least be settled before having a kid. No, no, I can do it. Once we have the kid, he's going to stop cheating on me and we're going to be united. No, it's not going to happen, but so be it. She ends up getting pregnant. She ends up getting cheated even more because now she has a distraction, which is the child and the husband can go and do whatever he wants. And then I'll be like, I told you. But then doing that is just going to maximize you know, the pain and kind of like victim blaming. So you just don't say anything and just give advice. But if the person keeps ignoring the advice, just, just make sure that you're the shoulder that they have to cry once the inedible happens. Because we're humans. We're here to make mistakes and learn lessons. And there's going to be people that will go through the same lesson 20 times and not learning. Or people like me that went through a legal case and I learned like 20 lessons in those three years that if it wasn't because of those lessons, so many people that are in my circle of friends that are in my world wouldn't be, you know, in my world. I would have not been able to help them the way I did. But that's what I mean. We all have to go through certain things in our life that will unlock knowledge that will unlock, you know, new feelings, new new abilities even for us, you know, people that will fall for like the first person that tells them, oh, I love you and this and that. So the more times that it happens to you and you finally have the one person that tells you, I love you, I love you. You're like, nope, I don't believe that. Let's just be friends. And if you really love me, prove me with actions, not with words. And then two days later, that person goes away, but your heart didn't hurt. Congratulations. You learned the lesson. It's true. And your perspective changes as you get older, too. That's, I think, the best part of aging. Your perspective and, like you said, the ability to see through bullshit. You're like, nope, I've seen this before. Okay. That's been the red flags. It's like I did last time I didn't r run into the twentieth flag. I'm like, now first red flag, run away, bitch. <laughs> it's like before I was like I was saying I was worried about like the wigs and outfits and shoes and stuff. Right now, I'm a mem. I'm not even like a miss. I am 
a mem because I am more worried about my pots and pans not being complete, my dishes and my cups not being organized the way that I want them. That's when I realized I'm like, <gasps> I am a mem now. I'm more worried about the things in my house rather than my fame, rather than, you know, I would say my looks, but I do take care of my looks because it's where, how I make money. But if I wasn't famous, oh, I will be like, I don't know, a man, like a total man. Yeah, no, I get that. So, like, looking back at the last decade, how has porn positively and negatively impacted your life? Positively, in many ways, it gave me security. It gave me self-love. It gave me an amazing family, including you. It gave me amazing collaborators. It's been, everything has been great. Uh, the only bad thing that I can say that porn has done for me was that in a way, it kind of desensitized me sexually because now I need like more other than the vanilla sex to like arouse me. Um, after that, I guess the feeling, but I think this feeling goes with everything that is not what people consider the normal, which let's be honest, what is really normal? Like if you go to Asian Greece and we tell them the way we live our life, they're going to be like, that is crazy. The way we normally live here is like we all do gangbangs and orgies and stuff. You guys are like in another world. It's all, you know. Relative. Exactly. Relative. Perfect. So the thing that happens that, that it's bad, it's when people tells me, let's say I want to go, you know, study law. You'll never become a, a lawyer because who's going to take a porn star seriously? Well, I could study laws and work for the porn industry and the porn stars will rather come to me because I'm one of them rather than to go to a lawyer that doesn't know anything about the laws in the industry. A psychologist, what better psychologist can I be for trans people, for trans porn stars? You know, there's always something that you can do. Just don't put yourself in that little box. And that's what the industry, I think, has put me in. In this little box that I'm never going to be anything else but a sex object and a body, a face with tits and a dick. But it's having the YouTube channel, having having my podcast, having these shows, you know, having other people sees me as the person that kind of lowers that feeling of I'm nothing other than a porn star. Now it's like, to some people, I'm nothing other than a porn star, which is what was the key that opened the door to this amazing stage that now they can see that I'm more than that. But that has to do with me getting that idea. What your opinion is about me is none of my business. It's your opinion. And you're entitled to it, and I respect you and I accept you. But that doesn't mean that whatever you think about me, it's who I really am. So yeah. my teeth only took like three appointments. First appointment, the you know deep cleaning to see like you know the depth, blah blah blah. The next appointment was the prepping when I went in. They shaved the teeth. They put a mold of like um, the um, resin. One for like 
two weeks while the mold were being made. On the third appointment, I show up and they take, you know, the plastic ones off and then they put the individual ones. And then that was it. Nice. Awesome. Okay. All right. Let's get back to it. Okay. So one thing though that, because I have something going on in my personal life right now where it ties directly in with what you're just talking about, where it's like you get, because it's like when someone says, oh, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend, what's the first question everyone asks? What do they do for a living? Mm -hmm. And it's like, as soon as they hear porn star, they assume all kinds of negative things. And it's like, you get reduced to just what you do for a living. Yes. I've had that a lot. Like I've met people like everyone that knows me. I'm actually very well known that everyone that knows, like knows me, like knows exactly what I do. The times that that doesn't, that, has changes like at the airports most of the time when I just I'm sitting at the bar minding my own business someone comes and starts talking with me flirting with me um like I said I treat people the way I get treated so I'm not going to think that they're just like are you trying to get in my pants because we're at the airport it's not like anything's gonna happen so I take the time out of my day share a drink while I'm waiting there and then when I tell them you know I'm a porn star they're like oh Yes, they still get intrigued, but then at the same time, it's like you're just put in this little box that you're nothing beyond that. And I decided to change the wording. Now when I meet people and I tell them who I am, I'm like, I am a content creator. I literally had to not degrade, but like lower because it's like, you know, content creator, producer, director, porn star, the way I see it, you know, it's like you're either a content creator that you make porn or any content and then you're an actual porn star i'm a porn star because i have all the fucking awards that back me up although more than 500 scenes dvds you name it but i had to like lower my status to a content creator oh what do you do well i have a youtube channel and instagram page and i leave it at that you know and then i give them my name and then once i leave I'm like, okay, well, I have to go. But if you want to know more about me, just Google my name. Ask Google. He'll tell you all about it. By that time, they'll Google me and they'll either send me a message on Instagram or something. But it's always something positive. Like, oh, I just found out who you are. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. Compared to like having to deal with me with that, me with that shock at that moment, you know, because they're, but I think that by the time that they messaged me, they had already like, had time to like process it and like research what trans is and like is was this a man and got surgery to have a penis because a lot of people has asked me that why did you change your vagina for a penis i'm like no baby that is not how it works this this that's how that shows how stupid not stupid but how informed some people yeah. you know um especially people and i'm not dissing nobody but especially people from like the middle east because my name is dubai i get so many messages from middle easterns indians you know and they're all asking the same question and for them i understand that because in their country there's like the internet is restricted they don't even know what trans really is compared to like you know 
Spain, Canada, and you, United States. So for them, I understand that. But when it's someone that lives in California, Las Vegas, New York, and it's like, really? Like, what rock have you been living under? I'm actually one thing I, I keep forgetting to ask you this. What is like, because one, like you, one thing that I think like makes you stick out is your tattoos. Mm-hmm. Like your tattoos, it, you know, because mine, mine all just fucking blend together and it looks like a giant blob. But you have very iconic tattoos mm-hmm. and especially the eyes. Yes. <laughs> Where did those come from? There's a reason for it. And the reason has nothing to do with the meaning. The reason I got the tattoo was because I knew, first of all, I was like, I'm going to do porn. I decided that I wanted to start doing porn, like fully show my face and everything. So I said, I need a tramp stamp. All porn stars have a tramp stamp. By that time, I had already had this tattoo, the sun and the moon. I couldn't, I wanted to put like boner garage in the back, you know, from like that. Uh, actually, I, there was like a movie that came after the um, the Millers that they that girl goes like, I got a tattoo. It's Boner Garage. I was like, oh, my God, I was going to get that tattoo. I also thought about getting like, you know, that was in the back, but I was like, I already have a tattoo. So I was like, well, how about the front? And I was like, if I put on the front, I'll put like cat eyes. That way I can be like, do you want to look at my pussy? Ah, just kidding. I have a dick. Then I was like, how about if I put like Pinocchio eyes? That way I can be like, light on me, Pinocchio. But I was like, who's going to take me seriously with that? You know, then I saw a picture of my eyes and I was like, I would like, you know, like, I'll show you this, like an Arabic look, which is something like this. You know? Yeah. So I thought maybe I could do the same thing because of Dubai, the same with my pelvis. Check this out. I, I thought of that. that. That's what I thought about, you know, at first. So I went with, this is actually a picture of my eyes that are tattooed. It's nobody's eyes. It's my, my own. After that, I got the tattoo. Immediately, I was like, I'm so glad I got this tattoo, and especially here. Because I know that there's going to be a lot of people stealing my content and cropping my head. Crop my motherfucking tattoos, bitch. <laughs> Crap my motherfucking tattoos and pretend to be me. And it has happened. A lot of people that has met me at the club, they're like, are you Jesse? Oh, no, you're not. Because I have like, I have like my pants like this. You know, they're like, oh, no, you're not. I'm like, you mean this? Oh, my God, you are Jesse Dubai, blah, blah, blah. You know, especially because you know how I changed my look. Red hair, blonde hair, brunette. That has given me that power of like, I'm recognized everywhere. Everyone recognizes my dick and my pelvis because of my tattoos. And when people has gone to see escorts or girls pretending to be me, the first thing they ask is like, let me see the tattoo. Oh, you don't have the tattoo. You're not her. I'm like, really? It was having to see the tattoo that gave it out that I'm not her. Like the chest, hair and no tits didn't give it away. Have you ever had someone pretending to be you, like using your pictures? Oh, my God. I get get at least one message a week on Twitter or Instagram. It's like, 
oh, hey, are you in uh, Florida? Are you in India? Are you in Germany? Are you in Sweden? I just saw you on Grindr, and I'm like, no. They're like, oh, someone's <laughs> pretending to be you. For, All the fucking time. For me, I don't mind Grindr, or I didn't used to mind Grindr until I found out that people is pretending to be me, not just to fuck guys. I'm like, if you're going to use my pictures to just hook up with people, fine, then do it. But when you're asking for money yeah. on my behalf is what uh, 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 bothers me. I have so many also Instagram pages pretending to be me. And what pisses me off, I don't even get mad at the fake people because it's like, how can you tell a snake to stop being a snake? I can't. I just have to respect yeah. that the bitch is a snake and I have to deal with it like famous, a double-edged sword. And I put myself in this situation. The only thing I can do is warn my fans, hey, this is a fake page. Don't follow it. What do they do? They go and follow it. You know, pick your own poison. What I always tell people is, because this happened to me one time, I got a message on my phone, on my business phone. Hey, Jesse, can I have my $1,000 back since you didn't show up to our appointment, this and that? And I was like, what? Like, I appointment? What are you talking about? What city are you in? Oh, I'm in uh, San Jose. I remember. I will never fucking go to San Jose because I don't have nothing to go do over there. And I'm like, no, that wasn't me. Yes, it was you because you you asked me to send you money, cash up, this and that. And, you know, as deposit, I was like, no, it's not me. Well, someone's pretending to be you. You need to pay me back. And that's when I was like, baby, how did you get this number? Well, I Googled you and then I found your number on your website. That's why I'm calling you. And I was like, and you didn't thought about doing that? when? The, and then he showed me, he's like, apparently this person pretending to be me, he started following this person. You know, this client started following this fake page. This fake page sends him a, a message like, hey, I think you're really cute. Like, I would love to meet you. You know, I have a limited availability because I'm only going to be in San Jose for three days. And like, you should take advantage. So they started talking. And the bitch even started sending like pictures of me from my Twitter. That's another reason why I stopped posting pictures without my branding. I'm like, if you're going to take my picture, you're still going to see like the whole brand of Jesse Dubai. Try to steal that. Um, so she, he sends the money as deposit, expecting for her to visit him three days later. And I was like, why didn't you Google me and to make sure if I was real? Rather than just sending a nice, it wasn't a hundred dollars. It was a thousand dollars. And I've told people, I'm like, I will never ask you for money out of the blue. If you want me to come and visit you in your city, because we're, you're going to hire me to host a venue, to host a nightclub, to host a private party, we can do it. But just like any other business, I will require verification from you. I will verify that it's me. There will be a contract specifying what my duties are, my times, from what time to what time, because I've gone to clubs that they pay me for one hour to host. And I go and I perform and I host for the hour. And then they don't close until like, let's say two in the morning. My show was at 10 and they expect me to mingle and hang out with the rest of the people oh, till the club. Hell. And so I'm like, no, 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 no. You didn't pay me for that. So I'm go I specify it on my contracts, you know, just like any other business. So I tell people, if the person that you're hiring, first of all, accepts like an escort um, service, 
that is not me. If the person that messages you, messages you, you don't message her, that is not me. If the person asks you for a deposit via cash up to another name that is not posted in my official website, it's not me. So if you get scammed, it's at your own risk. I take no responsibility for your bad decisions. Think with your head, not with your dick. Yeah, that I've fortunately only had that happen once where I had a guy text me. He's like, are you coming? I'm like, what are you talking about? Same basic thing. And, but like, that is so common though. Now it's like, I'll see that on tons of pages from like really popular people where, you know, they'll be posting in their story about someone getting scammed. And it's like, if you're watching this video, no porn star influencer, anyone is going to message you first ever under any circumstance. It's not going to happen. If they do, it's a scam. I used to be really, really, really mad about it until I started like giving up on it because I'm like, I think that these people need to be scammed in order to learn their lesson because I've had people or I've had messages, people pretending to be Beyonce on Facebook. Hey, I see that you're my fan. Right now I need money for this. Like, when is Beyonce going to fucking ask you for money? When is Lana Del Rey going to tell you like, oh, you're a fan. Can you like send me money? Because like my accounts are frozen. Nobody, you know, um, I'll tell you a story that happened to me about um, fraud. And this is a scam that is very popular, which is in a way kind of like it's the same scam, but just different like you know for us porn stars but it's the same scam it's pretending to be something that you're not in order to get money when i was dealing with the court case you know i remember i hang up with my lawyer you know i'm like okay imagine me listening to my lawyer telling me okay the grand jury came back with an indictment you have 19 charges that ranging from conspiracy of human trafficking conspiracy of uh, prostitution of a minor in pandering uh, a minor for illicit activities. Um, so many things. It was like you did it or you thought about doing it and you tried doing it and you helped the other person doing it. They threw the whole book at me. So imagine me being stressed, my lawyer telling me you need to go and turn yourself in. I was like, okay, how much is my bond? My bond was $1 million. So I'm like, where the fuck am I going to get a million dollars? Anyway, 20 minutes later, I hang up with my lawyer. I'm talking with my, this is like the second time I talk with my lawyer. I hang up. I'm talking with my husband, like, how am I, I going to do this? Blah, blah, blah. Just a month ago, I was trying to come up with $8,000 so I can change my tits and have a nose job. Now I need to come up with a million dollars for a bond. So stress. I get a call from the IRS. And the IRS is telling me that I owe money and that if I don't pay them, that they're though they're calling me to do me a favor because I have a big debt with the IRS that I need to pay. And if I don't pay it by today, tomorrow or later today, the police will be at my house to arrest me. And once they arrest me, the fees are going to increase and it's going to get bad. So that's why, ma'am, we're calling you right now so you can pay part of your depth 
and immediately me i'm like how much is the depth your depth is around i think it was like ten thousand dollars they said and then i was like i don't have that well how much money do you have at that moment i only had like five thousand i was like i have he's like okay that will put you in a hold the police will not come after you until you pay the other $5,000. Um, you can pay via credit card. And I was like, okay, just let me, you know, call my, um, what did I tell him? I said, let me call my um, accountant. No, ma'am, do not hang up with me because the moment you hang up with me, I will need to um, alert the authorities and they will be outside your house to arrest you within 20 minutes. Me being stressed with the case yeah. i was like i don't need this so i went like this and i'm like okay just fu you know what just fucking take the payment the name is so and so the card number is this and this and this and then my husband is like and i'm like what just give me one second ma'am what are the numbers just give me one second and then my husband shows me that there's people calling pretending to be the irs and i was like Okay, I was like, can you please verify me the last digits of my social security number since you guys have it? Ma'am, you have to provide us with that information. I'm like, that's when the Jesse Dubai came out of us. And I was like, no, motherfucker. You're the one that called me. So therefore, you have my address, you have my name, and you have my social security. So tell me what my last digits of my social security are or I'm going to hang up on you. Ma'am, if you hang up on me, you're gonna go to jail. I was like, well, go and fuck yourself, you fucking piece of shit, and I hang up. After that, I went online and I told what happened. After that, it's like, anytime I get an email from like IRS or something, immediately, and do this, people. When you guys get an email from Dropbox, Netflix, any, so, any platform Amazon. like Amazon, any of that stuff, and it says, your account has been breached, your account is at risk, blah, blah, blah. Don't click any link on the email. Go straight to the top and click at the email. Check what email is sending it to you. If it says customer service at amazon.com, it's legit. If it says amazine at gmail.com, it's fake, delete it, and block it. They get very very like with my name someone just came up there's this page on instagram that is it has i think 16.2 k subscribers wow. and it's the it's the exact same thing it's a copy of my profile they even have my website my cash app but it says jesse dubal the last i they changed it for a um, not a capital, but just like a regular L, yeah. making it look like it's an I. And so many people. And the funny, the the fucked up thing is that I've told my fans to go and report it. That post only has twelve comments, only has two hundred views, and like hundred and fifty likes. But let me not show my tits because that post just showing just a little bit, not even the nipple will make 200K. But when I'm trying to warn them, they don't listen. So that's when I, I even told myself, I'm like, if you guys wanna be scammed, it's you. I already said, this is not my page. And instead of them reporting it, the fucking account grew. Because now apparently that person is telling them that I'm the fake one and he's she's the real <sighs> one. But yeah. that is the one thing that I'm like, if you wanna get scammed after I warn you, 
get scammed. And I hope they take all your money so you fucking learn your lesson. And don't come and tell me, oh, it's because someone pretended to be you so you owe me money. No, bitch. It was your stupidity that put you in that situation, not me. Yeah, no. The IRS will never call you. They will never email you. If the IRS wants to contact you, they will send you a letter in the mail. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I forget what it was, but I got an email the other day, and it was like I was really impressed by how well-written it was because most of those fake emails – like you can tell the English is broken. broken. There'll be like some dead giveaway that's a scam, but they're starting to get smarter about you it. You wanna know why they're getting so good at it? Because of the EI text. AI. You yeah. just tell them the EI what I've done a lot of scripts with that. I just tell them what the story is about, what I wanted to say, the key points, and they come up with this whole paragraph that I'm like, This is good. Like who the fuck <laughs> wrote this in 30 seconds that like sometimes I have to go in just to like change a few words so it sounds like the words that I would use like I will not use the word promiscuous that's how I learned that word promiscuous I would use the word of like dirty slut dirty whore you know <laughs> that those words and then when you hear the word promiscuous I'm like yeah people's not going to you know People's going to know that it's not me. That's another reason. One of the reasons I didn't, I haven't hired a company to manage my OnlyFans like a lot of other girls have. Because one, I don't believe that it's fair for my fans to pay their hard-earned money to talk with me, interact with me when it's just a boot. It's just someone. That's one. Two, you know this better than me. A lot of our fans share provocative pictures, videos, personal details about their life, personal details about their fantasies. And imagine me thinking that I'm talking with, you know, with you and it's someone else. Now someone else, if not just that one person, but like the five people that work in that team know that I like to be shit on and spit on and pissed on and all the dirty yeah. things. The question is, because I know there's a second motive about this. What are they going to use that information for? Because what happens if I am pretending to be you and I work at this company and I collect all the information from all the people that, you know, has money. I collect those pictures and then I start blackmailing them, pretending to be you. That is what scares me because I can fight it and be like, it's not me. But OnlyFans stipulates that nobody can run your page but you. So it's like the IRS. When you make your tax, you know, uh, return, you have to sign it and say, I did it, but this person prepared the taxes for me. That's why the accountant signs it. And then you sign it agreeing that everything that you, that the accountant said, it's true. When there's a problem and the IRS wants to sue you, they're not going to sue the accountant. They're going to sue you because you agreed to what the accountant has said. So when something like this happens with OnlyFans, they're not going to go to the company or the person that blackmail. They're going to go after me because I was never meant to share that information with no one. That's a really good point. And I think that goes into the scamming thing too because like 
and I feel like this is like a dirty secret of the adult industry that nobody likes to talk about. Because like me and you, we we manage our own pages, and like for me, I can only respond to my fans every two to three days just due to the number of messages, but it's me actually responding. And a lot of people don't realize like these content creators will hire management companies to do it. And like, while you think you're chatting with this certain performer, you're not, you're chatting with some dude in India or whoever. Like, Let's not go far real quick. Right now in this page, I have 800, 21 subscribers i have if you can see hold on because i don't want to show that information i gotta look for a discreet picture so it doesn't shows okay notification messages how much messages do i have i can't see it's 240 messages Jesus. I don't have time to reply to all of them, but I do. That's why some of my fans, they get mad and they're like, well, I message. I'm not going to say names because they're going to find out that these people have, you know, companies um, running their accounts. And this, I guess, I, I think this is, this post is to illustrate people, not to throw people under the bus. So they'll all have people, you know, telling me, oh, well, this performer replies within five minutes. This performer replies by this time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's because it's not them replying. It's me. Hold that thought. Camera chart. That, yes, that is when I say that is, you know. So when they tell me, it's like, oh, this performer, you know, replies within this many minutes, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not them. That is a company pretending to be them. Um, And I even made a post in my page that says, I will reply to all the messages, but it might take me a week. But know that it's me watching it, that it's me reading it, that it's me replying. If you want your message to be replied sooner, send a tip because those are the messages that, you know, are less and those I reply within the same day, sometimes maybe two days, depending how busy I am, especially because you know this, sometimes fans send you like a whole paragraph, stories that are so long that thank God for computer, because now I just like select the whole 
you know, text and put uh, speak to um, text to speak. And then I'm just like listening what they're saying. And as I'm listening, I'm like writing down real key points of thank you for what you said here. Thank you for this thought. And then I type it, but it's me. It takes time. That's what I think they're paying me for. You know, the time that I spent replying to them rather than them, you know, uh, having someone else talking to some of them, they got mad. They're like, no, well, you're not doing business right. I'm like, it's only one person, one of me to deal with. Sometimes I've had up to 2000 subscribers. I can't reach to all of them at one point. So you guys have to be like careful what you share when, if the person replies you within like an hour, the same day and that person is like example and i'm not saying you know that she does it this is just an example because of how big she is abricate abricate has almost half a million subscribers on twitter imagine how many subscribers she has on OnlyFans. now is she gonna be able to answer all of them right at that second i don't think so especially because she spends her time like working and making content and all that stuff so you have to like be careful who you share, you know, and if you want fast response, know that it's never going to be the performer. Yep. No. And it's just, you have to think critically about it. It's like you said, like the person who comes to mind, I, I don't know her from Adam, but Riley Reed, I'm sure you know her. Yes. It's like her followers are in the millions and I'm assuming she has tens of thousands of active paying subscribers. Like, just if you're a subscriber, do the math on it. It is literally impossible for you to actually be chatting with her. Mathematically, it doesn't even add up. But yet people will still believe it because they want to. It's the fantasy and it's okay because after all, just like Hollywood, we are creator of fantasies. The porn that we do, even though the sex between you and I is real because we've never faked our sex, you and I, we've done things like in film that I don't do, like writing. I don't do it in my personal life, but I know that's the fantasy that people likes so we create those fantasies and we create this world for the fans and it's nice that they think that we're actually just that but trust me guys like when you when you guys message me i'm never gonna be the whole time like oh i was just out of the shower and my dick is so hard send me a hundred dollars and i'll send you the pictures that i took no, I literally take out of the shower and the least thing that I want to do is jump on my OnlyFans and talk with fans. I want to go to bed. I want to cool off. I want to watch TV. I have hours. I wake up at 10 in the morning and the first two hours of my day, I reply as many messages until it hits noon. At noon, if I reply to your message, great. If not, wait until tomorrow or wait the third, second day. But know that even if it takes me a month to reply to your message, I will be the one replying to it. No one else. Yeah. No. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I've wanted to talk about forever. Cause it just, yeah. It, like, like you said, just pay attention, pay attention to who the emails from 
logically think this person has this many subscribers? Is it even mathematically possible that they're responding to me this fast? You yeah. know, it's it's and like you said, the, the the even the sex and one thing I like to ask performers, and my question to you is in your private life off camera, you can have sex in only two positions for the rest of your life. What do you pick? Missionary and doggy style. Missionary, <laughs> because I like to see, when I'm really into the person, I like to see the person. And I also like to kiss the person. And I like to like, you know, hug the person when the yeah. person is coming. And a doggy style, because it's like in the position that the dick goes the deeper, my legs are not cramping from being in this position the whole time. Um, I can like literally be bent over. And even if I don't like the guy, I'm just like enjoying the riding and like my body still feel what I'm feeling, but my mind steps out and I just like close my eyes and just enjoy the ride when i'm in the person is in front of me it's like i like looking at the person i like enjoying and you know taking what is happening when i'm riding i'm not even focusing on the enjoyment i'm just like oh my god what time is this gonna be done <laughs> my knees are getting tired <laughs> oh my god no that's so true and like but people like people and I feel like a lot of people watch porn and they get self-conscious because they think like, oh, I'm probably having sex boring or I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And that's one thing I like to highlight. It's like, no, in our private lives, we're just like everybody else. Yeah. Like our legs get sore. They cramp. Like, you know what I mean? When I have sex with like my partners in personal life, it's like... <sighs> If it's sex that we start and we don't stop until we come, I think that takes me like five minutes, maybe 10 tops, but mostly five minutes. And I'm like, I'm good. We cuddle. Maybe we'll have sex again in an hour or so, but that's it. Other, like the couple that I'm dating right now is like, we'll have sex. We'll have sex for like 20 minutes because we're doing different positions and then we rest for five minutes and then we go back and then we rest. And I've noticed that there's been times that we start like at 10 PM and we're not, not done and we haven't even come, you know, and it's already three in the morning because of all the stops, uh, although, you know, dig going soft, getting hard by the time, you know, it's three in the morning and you want to come, you've been holding your load for so long that now it's like, well, I don't want to come out now. I wanted to come out like three times ago, but you said, no, now I don't want to come up, you know, but it takes, you know, longer. And it's more about the, for example, like I was telling you, it desensitized me sexually. It's like, for me now it's more enjoyable that we're having sex, we're having sex. And then I'm like, oh. and we just like relax, watch TV. And we're just like touching each other, you know, feeling each other sexually but we're still watching the movie at this moment it's the company you know i still have these people surround me they're still touching me i still have a heart on but i'm not you know wasting or using my energies just watching it once the movie finishes it's like okay let's kiss me i kiss you and the fun begins again 
and that lasts, you know, hours. I can last hours with them having sex without coming and doing the most simple vanilla stuff. It's the enjoyment. And I've been with people like one-on-one that this person's like, oh, I'm going to do this to you and do that. And it's just not enjoyable. Like I've had people that is like, yeah, suck my dick. And they'll be like, you know, and bend me over. I'm like, okay, stop, 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 stop. I know I'm a porn star and you see me get thrown around and smack and whatnot. That is in porn. First of all, second of all, you don't know how to do it. You're not supposed to grab me and squeeze my arm. You're supposed to just hold it and guide me where you want, not actually choke me. When they try to choke me, they go like this. And as you can tell, they're restricting my air. I'm like, it's like this. The person needs to be able to speak clearly, but you restrict I'm going to pass out here. You restrict the blood, you know, supply to the brain. Yeah. That's what gets you dizzy. You don't try to choke the person. So people out there, if you guys are trying to fuck like a porn star, go to classes or there's actually even websites dedicated to guide you. You know, just like there's a guide to anal sex, a guide to your first time. Google, you know, how to actually properly be a dominant or a submissive because the fact that you're like, oh, I'm top, I'm dominant. It's not just you calling me a whore, spitting in my mouth, slapping me and literally almost raping me. That is domestic abuse, I will call it. If I'm dating you and you do that to me, I will consider that domestic abuse because that is not how porn stars we do it you know there's there's a level of like do you want the spank to sting do you want it to just the sound or you want the mix of both you cannot just go and smack someone in the ass and make it hurt the way you like smack your teammates at the football game no maybe i like the spanking but i like more of the sound rather than the actual pain You have to learn about it. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people that they want to recreate what they see in porn. But what we do in porn, a lot of the times it's fake. Who the fuck fucks like this? Nobody. We do it like this. Nobody. We do it like this so you guys, the camera fits in the penetration. If we're actually doing it for reals, we're not going to be doing it like this. We're going to be like this exactly. you're not gonna see anything because this is what feels good this is just for the view it's just so you can see it, oh, i've always shit. said it's like the gym if you're doing a workout and there's no pain you're doing it wrong if it actually hurts you're doing it right if you're having sex and it feels good you're doing sex the right way, not porn way. If you're having sex, it doesn't feel good, but it looks good because you're recording yourself with your phone, then you're doing porn and you're doing it right. Because porn is not supposed to be enjoyable. We're doing a job. We're doing all these angles so the camera fits. It's all about the camera fitting in between tight spaces. So oh if you don't God. fuck like a porn star, don't feel bad. 
We don't even fuck like porn stars. We just fuck the way we think that it's going to be able to be enjoyable to you guys, the viewers. It's so true. So fucking true. See, God, your dear. porn is different because I've seen a lot of your porn. I've seen the porn that you and I, we do, and your porn that you do on your own is different than the porn that you do with me. The porn that you do with me, it's always open to the camera. It's yeah. always like, you always show your dick, you always show face to the camera. When you have sex with other people, there's your camera there, your other camera there, and you just have sex. There's a yeah. lot of times, there's been videos that I see of you that I never get to see your dick when you're fucking because the person and the way, the angles that you guys are, I can't see the penetration. I don't see your ass. I don't see your face. But I see the chemistry that is happening, yeah. the enjoyment, and that makes it real sex, real porn, but you don't get to see that close-up of the penetration, unlike me, that I actually set myself up. And even though I don't like writing, because it gets me tired, I know it's what the fans want to see. So I'm going to put up with it for a little bit, and then jump up from that, and then go into like the position that I want to do that you don't get to see anything, but I do get to enjoy, you know? Yeah. So don't be self-conscious, people, if you guys don't know how to fuck like a porn star. Me and him, we didn't, and we learned. And it took me 10 years to be this amazing performer on camera, so don't worry. Also, it takes a lot of practice. And I'm not saying go and cheat on your spouse or your partner, but we've had sex with multiple people, and we have learned from multiple people, different positions, different feelings, different ways of tongue slurping, different ways of sucking the balls, you know, from different person. If you're having sex with the same person, don't expect something different. In fact, talk with your partner and be like, babe, look at this porn. We should try doing something like this. And don't see porn as your enemy. Oh, I don't want my husband watching porn. Porn as your enemy. See it as your friend. Learn from it. Watch it with your partner. And partners, let your spouses watch porn. Watch it with your spouses. Because trust me, me as a porn star, I caught my husband watching porn one time. And I didn't get mad. In fact, I went and I was like, I should have been like, do you want me to suck it? I'll help you. But me, I was like, I saw him and I was like, thinking I'm going to do something nice. I went to the bathroom. I got the loop. I got a towel. And I was like, here you go. Have fun. Obviously, he quit. He just felt shame. He felt embarrassed. Now, the last time that I saw him watching porn, because I was working downstairs doing a video, I see him jerking. I was like, do you want me to help you? He's like, yeah. It was amazing. But that, that time, we go back to that time when I caught him watching porn. I went into his search history. Just curiosity. Oh, I found out that he's jerking off to all my friends. Every single one. Aubrey Gay, Jasmine Lee, Chanel Santini, every single girl. And I was not mad about that. I was mad because he wasn't watching me. And when we met, he told me that he didn't know who I was. It wasn't until after we got married that he's like, babe, I need to tell you something. I lied to you. I was like, what? Remember when you asked me if I knew who you were? Yes. Well, I said no, but I honestly knew who you were. I just didn't want it to look like a fanboy. And I actually liked that. I was like, good, because you make me feel like I'm meeting someone that doesn't know 
you know, who I am. So therefore he doesn't have like pre, a pre-mentality, like they don't have already like an expectation. Um, but it hurt me because I'm, by this time it's like, I know that he was a fan of mine and I was like, you're jerking off to everybody except me. How do you think I feel? I feel like you don't care about me anymore. You have this fucking porn star with you. And yet still you rather jerk off to all the other porn stars instead of me, that you have me with you. And then he said, the thing is that you are my wife and the person on TV, on the movies it's not my wife. It's Jesse Dubai. It's different to see you now. I'm not jealous. I don't mind you being with other person, but I know your character. I know the real you. So when I see my wife acting like a different persona, it just throws me off. It just throws me off that you are the person that sleeps with me. You look like the person that sleeps with me, but you're not acting. You're not being the same person that sleeps with me. That's when I was like, okay. That's a good answer. I, I, I understand. Because it's like, for example, me, it's like I've had friends that I used to jerk off to, including you. I don't jerk off to your porn anymore because I don't see you as like something sexual. I am attracted to you. I'm attracted to your, your dick. We have amazing sex. But the first thought that comes to my head when I see you is not like, I want to fuck you. Because I, I have feelings for you as a friend. I see you as more than that. That's how I started. And I was like, okay, I understand. So now my husband and I, you know, I'm okay with him watching porn. Because it's not like he's going to go and fuck Aubrey Katie. It's not like he's going to go and, you know, fuck these other porn stars. In fact, I'm more than happy that when we travel together, I'm like, remember you used to jerk off to her? Here, take a picture with her, you know? Make him feel comfortable about it because I jerk off to a lot of, you know, porn. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go and have sex with them. You know, yeah. it's just something that turns me on and attracts me. So that was really great for me to understand why people. It's jealous of their partners watching porn. It has nothing to do with them watching porn. It has to do everything with them personally, the insecurities that they personally have. Another example is a guy that is promiscuous, that loves having sex with a bunch of different women and cheats on his wife every single time. But when he catches his wife with a little toy, when she watches her wife watching porn, suddenly he's upset. Oh, you're going to leave me. for? Are they better than me? Are, are you in love with him better than me? Does he turn you on? But are you going to cheat on me with him? It has nothing to do with her. It has to do with his insecurities that he knows that if she sees another dick, the way he's been looking at other pussies, she's going to end up doing the same thing that he's doing to her. And porn is the key that is going to unlock that feeling of, well, my husband fucks me like once a month, once a week. I need pleasure. I'll use a toy. What happens when the husband's like that catches the toy? It's not like, oh, baby, what is this? Let's use it tonight. It's more of like, you changed me for this. What a kind of fucking whore you are. You're nothing but a slut. Uh, every single thing. But once again, does it have something to do with the loneliness that that woman is feeling? Does it have to do something with the lack of pleasure that that woman is feeling? No. It has to do with the insecurities of the guy that he's afraid that his wife is going to end up doing the same thing that he's doing. 
So if your partner tells you not to watch porn, watch porn right in front of them and show them that you are your own person. And if you want to watch porn, if you want to watch Netflix or a fucking Titanic movie, it's your choice. They can either stay, join and watch, or they can go to the other room and wait for you. Because trust me, has nothing to do with your liking of different porn. It has to do with their insecurities. And I don't give a fuck who gets mad about it. That's, That's so, so true, though. It's all rooted in insecurity. Like, people get so insecure about their body, their dick size, the size of their tits, their ass. And it's like, just be the best version of you you can be. Because if you play the compare game, I don't care who, what, when, where, why, someone else is better. Comparing yourself to other people will always lead you lead to you feeling insecure and empty and not good enough and all that shit. It never ends. You and I both made that mistake when we were younger. Yeah. When then you, you just get older and you don't give a fuck. When you compare yourself, there is a difference between your partner, your boyfriend, whatever, comparing you. And that is a problem because they obviously have baggage from before. Oh, my ex-girlfriend didn't used to do that. My ex Well, I'm not your fucking ex-girlfriend, motherfucker. I'm me. Now, when you do it to yourself, when you compare yourself to, well, I'm never going to be like Jesse Dubai. I'm never going to. You're going to fail. This is where shit gets real. By the way, I know that my lovers... DNG are going to be watching this podcast and mm, I just want to say that I'm so thankful for both of you. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the story how I met the couple that I'm dating, an amazing couple. The girl is an actual trans girl and when I met uh, the guy, he called me because he wanted to meet me uh, and he flew me to meet them. It was not a escorting session, like I was not getting paid to have sex with them. They just pay my flight and they wanted to, he wanted to meet me because they've been dating. He was divorced years ago. Uh, when he got divorced, you know, he dated, he started seeing, he saw this girl, you know, I'm not going to say the name. Um, he met this girl and she was the first, she was the first trans girl that he ever met and he stuck with her. And right now they're going on four years. The reason why I bring this is because he said that when he got into trans girls, it was because of me. And the reason why he dated his girlfriend was because he reminds, she reminds him of me. He, I remember him telling me, he's like, when I saw you, that's when I said, that's what a real woman should be. What a real trans woman should be like act and carry herself as right so he started dating her and for me you know him telling me this and then telling me that he wants me to meet her because i went to their house it felt really nice but at the same time i felt kind of like awkward that in a way she's dating him because of me so he's he compared her to me but when i met her 
me and her, we're both Hispanic. We've both gone through like really tough times in our lives, different situations, but really tough times. But yeah, there was things that I'm like, yeah, I do this and that. Look at this. Me too. Damn, girl. And then she'll be like, well, yeah, I did this and that. And I went to this place and I was like, <gasps> look at this picture. It's like things that she's done. I've done them or she's done them and I've done them. So, yeah, it's not like, you know, he was like comparing us. It's just that we're very similar, different, but similar. And once that happened, you know, I even told her, I was like, so I'm like your fairy trans godmother. Because if it would have said, if it would have not been because he saw my videos, he would have not had the balls to go out and look for a trans girl and he would have never met you. And then all this time they've been having like threesomes and like group play and whatnot that, you know, she was okay telling him, well, you have pleased me by, you know, having sex with me and all these other guys and groups. I want you to be pleased. If you like her, if, contact her. It, maybe she's available to come and meet, you know? And I went, I met them. I spent like two days with them. I fell in love with them, the attitude, the feeling that we kept in contact, you know, and over time, then I was like, I need my husband because I started developing feelings for them and because of the openness that they both have and the feeling that he already cared and liked me and in a way was in love with not me, but the idea the persona of Jesse Dubai and met this amazing partner because she's amazing, you know, and now she's like, I call her, we call each other sister wives, you know, we're sister wives. She's the wife. I'm the girlfriend. And we cook together. We do everything together, but we don't, there's not that threat of he compared me to you or he wanted someone like me and he ended up having you. In fact, I'm like, if you think this is what I look like, thank you. Cause I look nothing like her. She's fucking hot. I'm like 50 of what she is. And then she tells me, she's like, no, you're fucking hot. So there's that's the thing. There's no jealousy. There's no insecurity. Therefore there's no space for that unnecessary drama you know now then later i brought my husband into it because i was like if you want me to come and hang out with you guys like monthly you know like i want to my husband needs to know and me and him we have threesomes and stuff so when i showed her and him the picture of my husband he's like yeah how about like the four of us have sex so i remember they literally came here to denver to spend time with me obviously but i they could have flown me over there. They came obviously for me, but mostly was to meet my husband and spend time with, with him, get to know him. Now my husband and I were flying to spend the week and the weekend with them in their house, you know? And now it's like, if her and my husband start talking with each other outside the group message, that we have, I have no insecurities. I have no jealousy. I have nothing because I want them to have that connectivity, that connection. You know, I know my husband is not going to leave me for her. And I know she's not going to leave, uh, you know, our partner yeah. 
for him. You know, we're happy with who we, who we're with. We just like the new experience of sharing, you know, our partners. And it's not because I want to share him because I cannot put up with him. It's sharing the interests of my partner, because we know this, if a person wants to cheat, he's going to cheat. If my husband wants to cheat on me, he can tell me he has a early morning class and go and fuck some bitch and then go to work. If I want to cheat on my husband, I will tell him, oh, I need to stay at the club, you know, until they close, but leave the club at midnight and go and fuck someone and then show up at my house at four in the morning. If you really want to cheat, doesn't matter how many chains you put, how many locks, how many cameras, how many personal investigators you put. If the person's going to cheat on me, they're going to find a way. And I'm not saying accept the cheating, but what I'm saying is if your partner is cheating on you like that, open the relationship so you both are included and you both are okay with what's happening. If that is not possible because the your partner wants to have a half open relationship. He can fuck whoever, but you can only fuck with him and whoever he brings. Then just walk away because you're just going to be miserable. It has to be 50-50. Either we open the door or we close it. There's no, you close the door for me, but you get out through the window. It's 50-50 because that's where the jealousy comes. That's where the insecurity comes. I don't have the control over if, G and my husband are going to talk to each other behind my back. That's why I tell them, if you guys want to talk among yourselves privately, do it. I have no problem because I know that they're not going to speak anything that they're not going to come and tell us later. And they haven't. They both have told me I will never speak with him without you knowing. And my husband has told me I will never talk with her with her knowing. And I'm like, well, I want you guys to know that it's okay. Because I know that even if you guys fall in love with each other, I want that. I want you to have that closeness that I have with her because there's no jealousy. That's the key. No jealousy because I'm secure of who I am. And if my husband decides to leave me for someone else, then he didn't want it to be with me in the first place. When he decided to leave, he just made space for someone that deserves to be with me. Whoever wants to be with you, it's going to be with you because they want to, not because you're forcing them based on marriage, based on how many kids you have with that person, based on threatening them with, if you cheat on me, I'm going to divorce you and take everything you have. Either be secure of yourself and let your partner and you live, or if you're not comfortable in the relationship, cut ties. I is the best advice that I can tell people and fuck what the society says that divorce, you know, it's going to lead you to hell, bitch. We're all going to hell. I think we're all living in our own personal health. So rather you be happy and not hurt someone rather than spend 70 years married to that person and only have two years of happiness and 67 years of miserable companionship. I've seen so many couples that they're on their 60s, you know, and they've only, they were only happy when they were dating. And before the first child came after that, it's like, we just stayed together because I don't believe in divorce, uh, but they hate each other. They don't even like sleeping with each other. It's like, 
Imagine how miserable that is. That's why I told my husband, baby, if you ever feel like I'm not making you happy, don't cheat on me. Just tell me. That way we can remain friends. And the next partner that you have, be friends with her and tell her how amazing you are. But apparently I couldn't give you that happiness. I'm lacking something that apparently you have. So, hi, welcome new friend. Take care of him. And... I'll go and find my happiness. And if my happiness is meant for me to be alone, then so be it. That's how secure I am of myself now. I don't need no one. Listen to this very careful, people. My, repeat this with me. My happiness doesn't depend on who my partner is, on how long my partner stays with me on how many people surrounds me. My happiness depends on me. My happiness depends on how I see life. Do I see it half empty? Or do I get excited because like, oh, I still got a little bit more. You make your own happiness. Your happiness doesn't depend on anybody else because when you die, you're gonna die alone. No one, no one in their right mind is going to see you die and say, I'm dying with you. No one. So your happiness depends on the person that you see when you look at yourself in the mirror. That person is who you need to make happy. And when you make that person happy, the person around, the people around you, they're going to be happy because you're happy. Period. That's so true. Like, so many people, like, sometimes I'll do the uh, Instagram Q&A things. And all the people all the time are like, oh, how do I find a, a Dom? How do I find a guy like you? How do I find this? How do I find that? And I'm like, stop looking for the right partner and become the right partner. Yes. It all starts right here. Like, like you said, if you're not happy alone... You're not going to be happy with someone else either. It's not like they're going to complete you and then all of a sudden your life's going to be perfect. Let me ask you one thing. Obviously, I know you're married. Obviously, I know that you have, you know, uh, not siblings. You have... Brother and sister. No, 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 no. You have uh, children, right? Son. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're a father, so... Yes, when you became a dad, when this new life came into the world, it brought you joy. It brought you happiness. But I'm sure you that was not what fulfilled you, having that child come to life. What really fulfilled you was the happiness that you were giving that little person because of the happiness that it was given to you. You were feeling that happiness. How many babies have come to the world that the dad sees the baby happy, but they don't feel it inside them? Doesn't matter how happy the baby is. Doesn't matter how faithful and good your wife is. If you are not happy within yourself, I can give you the sweetest, the, a spoonful of the sweetest honey, the sweetest nectar. And you're going to taste it. And if your life is bitter, ugh, the one I tasted in Vegas is better. Now, who's the one with the problem? 
the honey, your partner that give you the spoonful of the sweetest sugar that to her expectations is the sweetest, or you, that your life, your surrounding, your insights are so bitter that nothing in the world can make your taste that honey. You're going to taste that honey once you actually open your heart, open your mind to accept that. And it's like a flower. Flowers grow not on top of the soil. They grow underneath in the loneliness, in the darkness. A tree grows on its own. A flower, a rose bush grows from one. And it was just that one seed in the dark with carrying water, sun, it grew, it bloomed into all these different flowers. But it only took that one seed to withstand, to be strong enough to put up with being in the darkness in order to bloom. You know what I mean? It's like when no, flowers exactly grow. Right. It's like when flowers grow and mushrooms grow where, you know, where the cows shit. Yeah. Doesn't matter your surrounding. You can be surrounded by shit. But I've seen flowers bloom from the shit. So who's the one with the problem? The society that surrounds you just like it surrounds the flowers? Or you that all you see and absorb is the shit? But you take for granted the water, the soil, the sun, even the pressure and the darkness that you're put in when you're first planted. Well, adversity builds character, period. Like you are a culmination of all your life experiences, the good and the bad. And I don't think you would be who you are today. And I don't think you'd be where you are today. I know I wouldn't. No. If it wouldn't have been for all the trauma and everything else. And, you know, that teaches you who you are. It shows you what matters, what is actually important. And, you know, you just, you learn who you are. It's like... When I was growing, when I was starting in the adult, in the, not in the adult industry, in the performing industry of Potretos, there was something that one person told me one time that first, when the person told me, I was like, thank you. And it made me happy. And then I told this other friends. So this person told me this and told me that. And they literally looked at me and told me their point of view of it. And it made me sad. It made me feel like trash. What that, and now I actually accept that comment fully because what this person said was, you are a diamond on the rough. And I was like, I'm a diamond on the rough because I didn't know. I just heard the word diamond. And then when I go and I tell my friends, oh, well, Sasha, hi. If, Sasha, if, si miras este video. Gracias por ese consejo. Sasha, if you're watching this video, thank you for that advice and that comment. She said, my friend Tom, he's like, do you know what a diamond in the rough is, right? It's a piece of carbon. She just literally called you a piece of carbon. And I was like, what? And then someone else later in life told me, and I learned this, I don't know who said it. He just 
you know, someone told him, and it's one of those things of like, you know, generation things that, you know, everyone knows. A diamond, yes, it's like a piece of carbon, but the most beautiful, precious gem in the world doesn't come from being at plain sight. A diamond, it takes time. It's put under a lot of pressure. It's put it under a lot of difficult circumstances in order to get that glow. And even though once you have that diamond, that diamond has a bunch of different sites. This site looks perfect. This site looks perfect too, but if we turn it the other way, there's a flaw. But that doesn't mean that the diamond lose any value. It just means that the diamond is unique because no diamond in the world has the same flaw as this one. So be proud to be a diamond because if you're a diamond today, that means that all the pressure that you were put under, all the darkness and loneliness that you went through were necessary in order to make you the beautiful diamond that you are with flaws and all. It just depends who you give yourself to, to be valued. It's like a bottle of water. I can buy a bottle of water at Walmart for $1.99. I can go and buy that same bottle of water at a Rockies game for $5.99. And I can go and buy that same fucking bottle of water at CDC or one of those Vegas raves for $30 a bottle. The problem is not you, bottle of water. The problem is where you place yourself that gives you the value. Your family might see you as something disposable. And here in the gay community, we have two families, the family that you're born with and the family that you create yourself. And sometimes for us, we feel more valuable and we discover the value of ourselves thanks to the second family that we created ourselves rather than the blood family. And there's nothing wrong with the blood family. They're just who they are. They, it's like changing the snake. I can't tell a snake to stop being a snake. They can only change their skin but they're still going to be snakes. What do I do? Separate myself from the snakes and go and hang out with the flowers, with the butterflies, with the things that make me happy. And then they will value me. That is the most important thing that I can tell you guys. Value yourself. If people don't value you, you're in the wrong place. So grab your bags, move your feet, and walk towards your happiness because... Sadness, sorrow, depression, loneliness, you've already been feeling it. What's the worst that can happen? That you find truly happiness away from all this darkness? Yeah. Well, and I'm sorry, like there's a million ways to say it, but you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Or like another way of saying it is kids grow up to be who their friends are, like who you hang out with, who you surround yourself with. Like if you surround yourself with losers, 
you're going to be that. Or you're going to have a lot of fucking drama you don't need. There is a saying, once again, in Spanish. There is a saying that goes, Dime con quién te juntas y te diré quién eres. That means, tell me who you hang out with and I will tell you who you are. Exactly. If you tell me that you hang out with a bunch of millionaires that work at Wall Street and their whole goal is, you know, to work hard for their money and sometimes step on other people's feet in order to grow in the company, to stop some people in order to become better. That means that maybe not now, but maybe in a few months or maybe in a year, you're going to become them. Same with you. You hanged out with me. You became a porn star thanks to me because you were already an escort. You were already known here in Colorado. But it was because of me that I showed you what the porn world is like and I gave you a good instruction. I didn't just use your body and through you. We actually sat down and I gave you marketing advice. I gave you, you know, branding advice. I gave you like camera lighting, everything that I, all my knowledge, I gave it to you. That's why you became a porn star. 10%, I take credit 10%. The other, the hardworking, the being relevant, the traveling, the expense, all that, it's you. But it was when you started hanging out with me that you got there. That was a good thing, good or bad thing, however you want to see it. But once again, tell me who you hang out with and I will tell you who you truly are. That is so true. So, so, so true. If you want to be successful, hang out with the successful people. Learn from them. Also, hang out with less fortunate people so you can help them the way they helped you. And the little chain grows. Because one thing that I believe really, really dearly is karma. The better karma that you build yourself, the happier, the safer, the more secure you're going you're gonna to be. At least I feel like that. That's another reason why I'm not as successful or like popular, you know, as some of the other persons. Because if I were, that means that I needed to step on someone's shoes. I needed to trap, sh shit, tra trash talk about someone so I can get ahead, especially in this business. And till this day, I can say, even to people that I didn't like, working with i never said anything because i knew that if i told the company i don't want to work with this person because personally i don't like her that it's going to affect her money and when someone messes with my money affects me whatever is happening between us outside work it's ours but when we're hired by a company i have a face i have a reputation she is not my enemy she is my partner and i have to i might not have to like her but I have to respect her. I have to collaborate with her. At the end of the scene, we can go our own way. But during that moment, I need to respect her so I don't mess up, you know, her job. Maybe this was the only scene that she had lined up the whole month and I am fucking it up. So I'm not going to let my personal feelings affect someone else. Many people have done it to me. I've had a feud with a trans guy that said that I started like, you know, sexually harassing him and stuff and whatnot when I wasn't. It was him having like personal issues with self-hate, like 
long story, I'll tell you later. That one day I just messaged him and I'm like, hey, so when are we shooting together? I don't want to shoot with you because when we were hanging out, you kept calling me girl. I call you girl, but I don't oh, mean like, hey, God. girl. Yeah. You'll say something. I'm like, oh, girl. You know, and he said, he's like, you yeah. kept calling me girl the whole time. I was like, oh, oh come on. And uh, and then I, I call you dude. I've called you dude like a hundred times. Like When you show up to a place, hi, guys, how's everyone doing? And am I, and am I like, yeah. did you just call me? And, who's the one with the problem? Me, that I'm just being me and I'm not misgendering you. I'm just talking to myself. Or you, that you took my word, girl, personal. You. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, this person, you know, came to me and said all this and this. And he, he that's when he told me. He's like, oh, this and this and that. And I've told people about you. I've told people how you harassed me and how I felt insecure in your house. And that's why a lot of your shoots with other trans guys have failed through. Cause I've told them what a piece of shit you are. The way I stopped it is, you know, I have cameras in my house. I told him, I have the whole video of you hanging out. Literally he was sitting here at the end of the couch and I was sitting on the other end. He was telling me, he was showing me his pussy. He was telling me about like, you know, how he went through. And I literally, I think I had shot with you the night, the day before, if I'm not mistaken, that I still had the effect from the boner pill, which it was like a hundred millimeters. So it was a very strong pill that when he starts like talking about, and he starts like grabbing his pussy and stuff. Obviously I'm attracted to trans guys. I started getting hard. And even I went with a pillar and I was like, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm Sorry, I'm like having a hard on and I don't want to disrespect you. He's like, okay, no worry. Later he tells me, and then when I was telling you about how much I suffered with my pussy and my surgery, you started getting a hard on, like my pain turned you on. I was like, okay, okay. You obviously are dealing with something personal because he started dating like a cisgender woman. You're starting to something personal and you're jumping it out on me because all i said in the first message that i sent after like oh, the hanging out was like hey i see that you're performing again do you still want to shoot when i wake up the next morning at seven i have like this whole different messages paragraphs this and this and this and this and one of those messages said you know i've told people about you and how you harass me and yes i've had a lot all of those shoots that i have been canceled here for me in colorado we're with trans guys. And that's when I told him, and I even posted, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. That's when I posted that, you know, the, some person, I'm the, I was even kind not to say his name because I didn't want his, whatever his bullshit he's going through to affect him. I'm thinking it's just a face. It's the, hor it's the hormones yeah. talking, I told myself. So I just said, there's this one person that if this person has told you this and this and this, please come and ask me. Please come and question me. I have hang out with you guys. Do you guys really believe that I would be that person? Don't judge me based on what this person says without you knowing me. People have come forward and they've told me, yeah, he told me this and this. And he told me that you almost raped him, that he had to like literally run away from your house scared because you literally, he's saying that I like grab him and like, you've known me for years. I won't, I'll never out anyone, but I got a feeling I know who you're talking about. But I can say like, as someone who knows you extremely well, I can vouch that that's not something you would do. And I've got like over 20 surveillance cameras on the inside and the outside of my house. 
for that exact fucking reason. Just so someone can't make up some shit and be like, oh, this and this happened. Yeah, motherfucker, let me pull the footage. That's how Bullshit. I stopped it. That's how I stopped him talking shit because I blocked him, but I, I had another page and I went and I see all his posting. So I just they didn't even talk him or anything. I just said, I'm posting this and this and people, you know, told you this and this and this come and ask me. And to the person speaking about this, I'm giving you a warning to stop before this grows anymore. If it continues, I'm not going to reach out to you. And I didn't even reach out. That's another reason why I didn't reach out to him. I just posted it out there open. So it, he didn't took it as a threat. If you keep doing this, you're going to find out the kind of bitch that I am. And no, I'm not going to go and beat you up. No, I'm not going to threaten you. I'm just going to go to the police and sue you for everything you have and everything you're going to get. Because I have videos of our time together and I've saw the video three times just to make sure everything is clear. I don't say anything bad. I even apologize. I was you, how I treated you, you know, the same way that I treated you is the way same way that I treat everybody with even though I want to I know we're going to have sex and we're going to fuck. I am not lost enough to you. I'm not making you feel uncomfortable. I wait for us to be like, OK, we're going to shoot. Get naked, I get naked, and we start, you know, fucking, because that's what we're going to do. But I didn't try to fuck you or seduce you before we set the cameras and stuff. We were very professional. That's how I am. And I told him, if, and I said it on Twitter, if this continues, I'm going to go to the law and let them handle it. And if I end up suing you, you better know that I'm going to sue you for everything that you have and everything that you're going to get for the next five to 10 years, because what you're doing is affecting my name. And I have a very, it's like you going after Adidas, you going after a big brand. You're affecting my credibility. You're affecting my personal life. And that, and you're, you know, it's called um, defamation of character. That is a very big law. So you better have proof that I try to rape you. You better have proof that I abused you. You better have a police report that you made when you left my house before you start telling people about something that never happened. It stopped. Yeah. No, and the adult industry does... It does attract a few crazies. Now, well, let's not go that far. Where is yeah. this performer now? I don't see him. The insecurities, the problems that he has in his head has closed his doors. He has burned so many bridges with so many people. That's where I go. He was so popular. He was able to cancel all my shoots here with trans guys. Now I am the one that chooses not to work with them because of the principle. Because I am not the kind of person that if you get in a fight with someone and you tell me don't hang out with her, I'm going to follow your advice. I'm going to tell you, look, you have two options. Either you accept that I'm going to be friends with you and with her and whatever she tells me about you, I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm not going to tell you. And whatever you tell me about her, I'm going to keep it to myself. Like I am a priest, but I'm not going to be back and forth. Yep. No. And I... I... <laughs> Uh, that's one thing where the you and I have in common. I refuse to get involved in any of this fucking 
porn star drama because I've gotten messages like, oh, my God, I can't believe you interviewed this person. Do you know what they did? I'm just like, you know what? I interview everybody. Period. End of story. I'm not going to pick sides in your guys' petty bullshit. Like, yeah. it's a, We're but, not in high school. Even though life, it's a school. When I got into the industry, I didn't have this. At the beginning, I guess because I, for once I was like the popular girl that I had like the people eating out of my hand. And unlike the popular girls at my high school and stuff that they step on people and use that to their advantage and hurt others, I used it to my advantage and the advantage of others. I thought what I did for you, I had to build my name. I had to build my credibility. I had to build my, call it my empire as I call it before I can actually help someone else. So if I am nobody, if I'm nothing, how can I go and tell you, oh, follow my footsteps? I needed to set myself first and learn. Once I learned and I it was set, then I was comfortable and felt like wanted to share this knowledge. And I felt like I did it right. I don't take credit for this, but like, look where you are right now. And as your porn mother, I am so proud of you, baby. I am so beyond proud like you're making your mama proud every time i see your post every time i see your channel your youtube channel your interviews i i'm really proud as your porn mother i could not ask you know for better you surpass the teacher and when the student surpasses the teacher that means the teacher did a good job you have been an amazing mentor and an amazing woman but remember um, what that rule the number one rule that I told you when I took you under my wing, you need to do for others what I did for you. And I've seen that. You've given them a platform. That's another reason why I'm so proud of you. You don't you take you use your platform and your voice the same way your porn mother does for the well-being, for the good, to clear the misinformation that people has. And yeah, keep interviewing people, even if they're like the shittiest people. They also have their own version. They also have their truth. And their truth is as valid as the other people that are talking about them. Yeah. I, uh, there's a famous quote. Fuck, I'm going to butcher this. But it's so true. And it's like, no matter how perfect you are, you will always be the villain in at least one person's story. Yes. And it's like, yep. There's another one that goes. <sighs> if someone comes and tells you a story where I am the villain, if you know me well, ask that person, what do you do to her to get the villain out? Because how come is it that so many people love me, but there's the 1% that is jealous of me, that talks bad about me, that hates me, and they don't even know me. That's where I say your perspective, your deduction, your description, your whatever you think about me, it's none of my business. You can see a beautiful rose and say, they're disgusting because I like lilies. It's respected. I'm not a lily. 
I'm a fucking beautiful rose. And the persons that like roses will see the beauty that I have. And the person that like lilies will see me as disgusting. It's okay. But I'm not going to stop being a rose and become a lily because you want me to be a lily. That's so true. So if I had a few subscribers who I told I was going to be interviewing you and they wanted to know what are your hobbies outside? Like, what do you do in your free time? What does your typical day look like? Sleep. <laughs> Honestly, there's nothing exciting about my life. My life is, let me show you. Are you still doing the candles, by the way? Yes. I'm still doing it. This is one of my hobbies, one of my joys. When I come home, after a very long day, whatever, exhaustion, stress, sadness, sorrow, whatever, coming home, it's my best hobby. Not doing anything, sleeping. Because I do so much that the best thing that I can do is just self-care. You know, my house can be like left without cleaning for a week after I come back from a long trip and I don't care because I'm taking care of me. That is my hobby. Um, anything else? I mean, even performing, it's my hobby, but it's also work. And I am so dedicated to my craft, like performing, makeup, everything that is it is fun, but I cannot consider it a hobby or something that I do for fun because I'm doing it for work and I want to be perfect at it. The thing that I do for my enjoyment is the simplest thing, sleep with my husband, cook him breakfast. I love cooking for my husband. I love cooking for my two husbands now and my girlfriend. Uh, I love spending time with my animals. I love spending time with my friends. The simplest things are the things that make me happy. That is a perfect answer, and I'm the exact same way. I think the older you get, the more joy you find in, like, the simple things you don't need any crazy extravagant shit you just love being at home it's like that imagine you know just imagine i give you like a, a blank page and in this blank page i start you know from the left to the right or from the right to the left however you want to see it but at one end i have a baby crawling and on the other end i have an old man or woman barely able to walk but i have the different stages of that person's life and you're gonna see how the per baby starts crawling and little starts walking and later it starts running and then later slows down and then later it needs help to walk that is how we all go through life first we need pace ourselves because we're scared of the world so we crawl once we feel secure and we have that knowledge and know that if we fall, we're not going to fall past the floor, we start walking. Once we feel more secure and more capable, we start running. And the running lasts for many years up until you're 25, 26, because you want to devour life. You think that at 12, you're a grown person. You can make your own decisions. You think that at 15, you can 
quit school and start your own life. You think that at 18, you already said by 20, you need to start finding a partner, a, a wife by 23, 24, start having kids. And you just want to run through life. And it's at one age for me, it was 25 when I met Michael that I, I was running because I was getting into the porn industry, but he, thank God, even though he was like the biggest mistake in my life and the biggest love of my life, he, that slowed me down to not lose myself in the live like a rock star, fuck like a porn star, you know, and throw myself into drugs and all the world that comes with the adult world, the industry and, you know, porn. I devoted myself to my boyfriend and I stopped you know, having sex with other people if it was not for work. That slowed me down. When he broke up with me, sure, I could have gone and slept with so many people just to get over him. But by this time, I had self-love. I had value of me. And then with stop, without looking for a new boyfriend, because I didn't want it a relationship, I needed to heal myself. Like we said, stop looking for it. My husband came to me. I didn't look for him. God just send it to me. And right now I walk slowly because I know that I'm not walking alone. I'm walking with my partner. And later in life, I'm going to walk even slower because when I was... Can you take them to outside, baby? Give me a second. You guys are going to see how I mother my kids. Simba, be quiet. Give me one second. Can you take them to the room? Just take the Simba. Sorry, where was I? And you're talking about, you know, when you get older, you start oh, walking yeah. so slower. I have, like I said, now I have like my partner to walk with and in a few years, I'm even going to walk even slower. Right now, I'm happy that I'm walking slower because, like I said, when you start running, you run so fast because you're focused on what your goal is going to be. And let me tell you, your goal is never going to be what you planned. <laughs> it's going to take, it's going to give you what you wanted, but not the way you wanted it because that's how life is. And if I tell you right now, how did you become what you are because you were so focused on what you wanted, you will tell me, I don't even realize it. I was just so focused on getting there. Now, for me to go from this point to over there where I want to be, I know I'm going to be over there. Because I'm secured of myself. But this time, instead of running, instead of walking, I'm going to pace myself. And the million dollars, the $10 million that I want to have in a few years are over there. But I don't know if I'm going to be alive when I get there. So look, there's a beautiful flower right here. I'm going to stop and smell it. Because at least, even if I don't make it to that $10 million, when I die... I know that at least I took my time to smell the flowers that were on my path. And I might not have the $10 million, but I will have the experience of going through that road and absorbing everything that road had. The flowers, the scenery, the animals that crossed my path. 
And those are the little things that we don't appreciate or we don't realize when we are running after what we think we want or we desire. So don't run, people. Focus on your goal. Work towards your goal. But don't stop living because you want to achieve that goal. Because you might never get that goal. The only thing that you have is what you experience and what you went through and what you had to do in order to get to that goal. Very, very, very well said. It, and for those of you watching, this was not planned at all. This is just kind of how our You and I always have conversations very deep like Yes. We always have very deep philosophical conversations. I, I love it, but, um, oh, Jesus. God, this is going to be one of my longest videos ever. I think you should divide um, it into. <laughs> probably. I don't think it's going to be possible because people will not understand. I think you should, like, make the whole thing. Yeah, no, I'm going to just release it as one. Maybe we can do a part two at another time. Um. So for anyone watching who has not seen your content, where can they find you on social media, your fan sites, your podcast, anything, everything you want to plug? Of course. Well, everyone knows I'm Jesse Dubai, the Jesse Dubai. And that's how my name is in all the social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Make sure that it's the Jesse Dubai and that my official website, jessydubaiparty.com is listed. Um, please follow my YouTube channel, same Jesse Dubai TV, uh, where you guys can follow my podcast. I actually on my podcast, I had my first season. It was great in English. Now I'm remaking the first season but this time i'm talking going through the same episodes but this time i'm redoing them in spanish for my spanish speaking um fans so go and watch it and um other than that um whoever is watching me that just found out about me and to all the people that has known about me thank you for your support thank you for your love and if one thing I can leave this interview with is live happily, be happy, make others happy, and the sadness, sorrow, anger, any negative feeling that you have, don't let it consume you. Use that energy, even if it's a negative energy, use it to push you to be better. Don't be better to show your enemies that hurt you that you're better than them. Be better because you don't wanna follow their footsteps. Be better for yourself and be better for the future persons, people that you're going to find because you never know what personal hell each person we're dealing with. And never take anything personal. Take everything from who it comes. If someone tells you that you're ugly and this person is beautiful, then maybe follow that advice and ask the person, what do you think I should do? Kindly. And maybe take their advice or not. But if the comment that you're ugly comes from someone that is fucked up, 
Ignore it. It's jealousy. The problem is not you. The problem is them. Don't let their negativity stain you or even take space in your life. So true. Um, and one thing, though, I thought your podcast was eye to eye with Jesse. It is Dubai. eye to eye with Jesse Dubai. Okay. But All my right. YouTube channel, my YouTube channel is Jesse Dubai TV. Because in oh, my okay. YouTube channel, I post my videos from behind the scenes. I post videos from my performances. I post videos, recordings from my Instagram. So it's all that has to do with me in that Jesse Dubai TV channel. My podcast, oh. in my podcast, which is just audio, uh, it's called Eye to Eye with Jesse Dubai. The reason I posted on YouTube is for the people that don't know when I made my post in my podcast in English, if they don't know English, they can go to my YouTube channel and see the video, me speaking in English, but the translation caption in Spanish. Now I'm doing the same, but backwards. If I say in Spanish, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you don't speak Spanish, just go to my YouTube channel whenever you're not driving and read the caption. So you understand what I'm talking about. Okay, perfect. And uh, um, Jesse, don't go anywhere, don't. Uh, but for those of you watching, thank you so much uh, for sticking around with us this long. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to watch it. Again, the Jesse Dubai across all social media, Jesse Dubai TV, and eye to eye with Jesse Dubai. Mine is just at masculine Jason, one word on everything. Hey guys, just want to say thank you for watching this video. And if you did really enjoy it, I just wanted to mention there are two ways that you can help to support this channel. On the right side, there are three little dots. If you click those, there is a super thanks button. And on the left-hand side, there is a join button where you can join this channel. There are three different tiers of memberships. The top tier does actually allow one-on-one -on -one messaging with me via Discord. And I personally answer that it is not a service. That's just, you know, both of those are ways that you can help support me as a content creator in this channel. I mention this because YouTube is by far the thing that I enjoy doing the most. It's the thing I'm most passionate about. And unfortunately, a lot of the sexual videos, the porn star confessions, the dom sub, all that stuff, it is not monetized due to the nature of the videos. But either way, thank you so much for taking the time to watch this. I hope you guys all have an absolutely amazing week. I love you all.